0: Previously
1: on AFTN. This now makes this Nations League games coming up against the US. Is it Nations League
2: or League of Nations? Oh, that's different. No, that's different. League, that's League League of something of different. League of Nations. Is that a
3: comic book thing? No, no I, it's something to
1: do with Zach's <laughs> <Okay. Saxtrot. Okay>. lock. <laughs> ancestors. Oh, gotcha. It's Ancestors. Okay. And welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN soccer show, broadcasting on 101.9 FM CITR radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander.
4: I am Zachary Adam Eisenhower.
1: If you're listening to this show on the podcast, it is episode 350. It feels like a milestone. (laughs) Just It's a nice round figure. It is. Seems that we've been talking a lot about the same things, mostly, for 349 episodes, but I'm sure tonight will be different. It, it won't be the same. <laughs> but before we get started, I just have to check with you guys. Y- you hanging tough?
2: I'm rough. It's rough right now. Yeah. Sure,
4: so, hanging you, tough. You, you must be hanging tough. Well, is, that, is that New Kids on the Block? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, I didn't, obviously, I... Steve Nash, a massive New Kids <laughs> on, on the Block fan. If anyone didn't see his tweet after the latest Whitecaps debacle on the pitch on Saturday night, it was just a message to Whitecaps fans. Always good to hear from the owners. Yeah. Hashtag, hang tough. Yeah. Which I actually, I've, I've worked out, I think it's code. Tough is his nickname for one of the front <laughs> office. And that was a message. <laughs> Just getting that out there. <laughs> I have. I, uh, I, I don't agree with you at all, because I don't think that
2: he
4: cares that much. No, he too.
2: doesn't.
1: He does. We saw him celebrate Malaga. Yeah he, yeah, he owns Malaga, right? Yeah. I was getting them in Marbella. I think he
4: has more ownership stake in Malaga. Because as far as we know, he owns 2% of the Whitecaps. Oh. That MLS, The part that MLS doesn't own.
1: It's a it's a vital 2%, though. That's the 2% that's performing, probably. <laughs> I, I would imagine. But yes... You're listening to another AFTN Soccer Show. It is our special six-hour end-of-season special, or as I like to look at it, a tragedy in thirty-four parts. Nice. Yeah, I'm thinking of trying to work some kind of Shakespearean thing in for what this season will be. Lots of tragedies. All we do about nothing. Well, there's a lot it? of awkward family stuff too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably best not to go into that. <laughs> Maybe we'll hold our end-of-season chat until after the, the cavalry game on Wednesday. But we don't want to be too much doom and gloom, so we're going to keep our Whitecap San Jose chat to just one part. But before we get into that, let's lift the atmosphere a bit. Oh no, no, we're not going to do that either. <laughs> I was wanting you guys to give your thoughts on Wednesday night. 4-0 loss to New England Revolution. Before the game, Mario Santos had said his team would show everyone what they were made of. They did. 4-0 defeat. Had the stuffing knocked out of them. You saw everything that was inside them. It was as if there was a fire drill in that last 10 minutes. I was like, stop, drop, and yeah. roll. But they hung
2: tough for those first 80 minutes. Oh, they so did. They hung yep.
1: tough. I mean, to be fair, they were in the game until the 82nd minute on Wednesday. They were in the game to the 79th minute on, on Saturday. So it's it's just getting getting that over the line, getting, getting the finishing. It's not even a
4: fine line, though. The thing is, it it, it, it it
2: when they you know I think Marcus DeSanto said their team is fragile. It's so true because as soon as they let one in, it's just like yeah. it, it, they the just fall apart. Yeah.
1: It, it reminds me of the, the KC game last year where they were still chasing the playoff spot and then just KC ran riot in the closing minutes. I did tweet at the time I didn't think it was a good idea that the Whitecaps would show what they were made of. That did that did prove right. Overall. It felt like one of the worst performances of the season. I think mainly because we did not have one shot. No matter a shot on target. We did not have one shot in the whole first half. What about the goal? Oh, on th- sorry, oh, Wednesday. Yeah, this is I'm, Wednesday. I'm still, on, still on Wednesday. Well, I'm trying to block that out. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, let, let's move on. Because it, obviously there it wasn't
4: a Seriously, what can you say about Wednesday? What was good about Wednesday? What can you
1: say about most of their last few weeks, really? that we're not uh, just Maxime Crapeau. Maxime Crapeau. Can, can you imagine where this team would be? If it hadn't been for his saves wow. for the last four games. Wow. Yep. Think what that goal difference would be. Shocking. Yeah. Okay, let, let's get on to San Jose. Was that better or worse than New England? It, it, results wise, it was only a two goal defeat as opposed to four, but we were at home.
4: Did, and again we often Did it look them. like they
1: were at home? Well, I think San Jose felt they were at home. Yeah. <laughs> they they had their shirts saying our house in the middle of BC. It was it was a bad game. You were lucky. You were actually busy packing. Yeah, you didn't get to be at the stadium. Yeah, I don't. You I don't and a feel. A few thousand others.
4: Other than not seeing some friends, obviously, I don't feel bad about that. And Shay Salinas, I was sure I have.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I give him your oh, your regards. You'll hear that when me. Speak to him in part two. It has got to the stage now, though, that I'm just going to the games to chat to the opposition players. Yeah, no, I've noticed that. Last week it was Johnny Russell. I would have left last week if I hadn't been speaking to Johnny. This week I wanted to speak to Wando and Shay, so I hung around to the end. When we get a team here the I've got no interest in any of their team, I'm probably not going to bother going. DC United, I'll check the, the line-up before I leave the house. If Rooney's not here, I'll just stay home for that one, I think. As several thousand people appear to be doing right now, we will get to attendance figures. As always, though, so when we do our breakdown of the breakdown, we'll kick off things off with the goals. White Caps took the lead. Seven minutes in. And I repeat, this is not a drill. The Whitecaps opened the scoring. And as they proved against the LAFC, worst thing they can possibly do, take yeah. the lead. Yeah. Especially early. So, okay. Uh, what positives can you
4: take? Uh, it was a nice... I mean Danielle Henry. Happy for him. I, I like Danielle
1: Henry. Nice finish. Good finish. Uh, lucky because he his header was not great. No, but he kind of played it and, right down to his feet.
4: And again, this is going to be this is going to be maybe too negative. But it was not from open play. It was a set piece. And it was a very, very poorly defended set piece from San Jose, who was missing one of their starting their their captain, right? Their starting yeah. centre back. Or I think still it will get
1: back. classed as open play because there was no assist given mm, because no. he headed it down. So they're looking at it as second phase. But it's the second phase of it. It's still I, I, I know, but set. I think officially that it will go down. I think as open really? play. I, I, I just I hunch the ball right
4: to. Oh, anyways, yeah. anyway, it, yeah. it, it was from a set piece. It came out yes. of a set piece. Um, which is that's maybe not a uh, neither good nor bad um at this point but um it, yeah if you're if the san jose defending was poor and uh you could see from them not having that that starting center back the kind of their stalwart uh that it was just a it was something that they ex- the white caps exposed to their credit
1: oh yeah I'd, i I wanted to class it as open play, just so I can say that our centre-back, Daniel Henry, has more goals from open play oh, yeah. than our designated player striker. Well, no, that's fine. I'm okay yes, with that. Yeah, I thought you would be. Yeah, But that
4: was pretty much as good as it got. Well, okay, not just that. They looked good for about 15, or 15 minutes or so, maybe 20, right? Yeah. And then, so this was the one nice thing about not being in the stadium, was I got to hear some of the uh, perspectives of... Uh, P. Chad and Paul, Paul Dolan live. And the, the one thing which was um, really interesting about what happened after that was Paul Dolan kept on talking about how they need to not continue to drop deep um, and invite San Jose on, onto them. And I think at one point in the broadcast, he even said, I'm going to say this for the last time, but the Whitecaps need to really not drop deep because that's what they were doing. And that's what happened. And they kept on. It was like they were. It was like they they sent an engraved invitation to San Jose to say, "Come at us, attack us,"
1: um, and and that led to yeah, led to the opening goal. I mean, the, the goal was as good as it got. For the rest of the match, the Whitecaps didn't trouble Daniel Vega in the in the no. San Jose goal. I think San Jose could have had Susana Vega in goals, and they, <laughs> she that? would she would have had no trouble. Who's that? Singer from the eighties. I said to Caitlin this. This reference may not go down well. She had a big hit with Marlena on the wall. Do oh, okay. you remember that? No. Okay, well, forget Steve, Marlena. No, Steve's like this. Forget people. Marlena on the wall. The writing was soon on the wall for the white Caps. There you go. And it was soon 1-1. Crippot denied Wando. The Rebound fell to Vaco, who buried it. Totally unmarked. Watched, watched it back. Steve and a few of us were chatting about this. S- Steve thought Adnan could have done better than that. Am I right? Yes you still, 100%. Still feel no, that?
2: I do No I know I I don't disagree that that the pe- people were ball watching in the box but if Adnan had gotten and closed down on that player sooner that wouldn't even have been an issue. No oh, on, le- on the shot. Yeah. On the yeah. initial yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. There
1: was no leg stuck out by no, him. No, right. There was like, kind of If you look at if you look at any guy. White,
2: when Whitecaps players are in that position on the attacking side the the opposition is always closing down on them. They can't even get the ball across the thing. Uh, was who was it? Uh, Rodriguez? No, I don't know. Espinoza. 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 Yeah, the number uh, ten. Yeah. yeah, he 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 had so much time to know exactly what he wanted to do. And then was just like hopping around and strolling, put his hands behind his back. Obviously, that's to avoid handball. But yeah, but it looked the the, the visual
1: looked like he was just having a late stroll in the park, trying well, to close uh, down. Vaco started the move and then was just allowed to to ghost into the top of the box unmarked. In Bom Wong, just let him go. I made no attempt to but it was to whatever. Like a, let him get goal side of him. Big, big yeah, fan of Frozen. It, no, yeah. It, but it was like a big
2: bang-bang play because it came off yeah. Prepo right to Vaco back in the net. That was like very little time to realize. Even, even but you're 100% it, right. Yeah, even Vank. watching it
1: back today, though, I think Godoy could have done better yeah. closing Vaco down for the shot. The thing is,
2: uh, post-game, DeSanto said that too. He goes, when there's a cross like that, there should be three people... Uh, defenders along the line obviously Adnan should be covering the person wide and there should be one midfielder coming into the box so they had call it a 3 plus 1 in there yeah. and th- that the, he said he he mentioned he didn't mention uh, Wong by name but he mentioned the our plus 1 let the guy get past him and so he, I agree with you there was ball watching for sure but yeah that initial play was not good go yeah 100% yeah.
1: And then it was it wasn't too much late. it was 2-1 Cripple pulled off the ball off the goal line yeah we were joking. It's like, oh, he's got save of the week and let it go in at the same play. Yeah. It must be a, a first that that's actually happened. But, of course, Whitecaps luck. That, he does something like that and it goes straight no, to one and, and the
2: thing is, is it, that was essentially it's for me that the Whitecaps this year are the Washington Generals of uh, of the MLS. Like Washington Generals are the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters and oh. always loses. So essentially, everything <laughs> goes wrong whenever anything happens. Like, they're like the reverse Harlem Globetrotters. Well, yeah, reverse, but that, that's the Washington Generals, essentially, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I mean, everything about that was just unlucky. It hits the post. You're like, oh, there's a there's a light off, but no, it bounces off the back of Max. Yeah. Then he scoops it brilliantly off the line, but then Wanda's there doing what Wanda does. That's why it's all time legal. And, 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 and
4: again, not with not not with anyone really pressuring him or marking him yes they initially and, gave the
1: goal yes. to Baco. yeah and then, then they changed it to wando and, and they then, also gave the assist to wando so he's so, that, <laughs> that good he got the goal and the assist <laughs> that got a lot a bit, like, bit like daniel henry that, look,
2: that that i tweeted that out that pl- that got a lot of play amongst the uh, san jose fans i got retweeted a lot by san jose fans about that
1: second half for me and i watched it again today i what? still i oh still you did what oh, not the whole game i just oh. watched select moments i oh, just went okay. to stress I still think San Jose should have had a penalty for yes. Daniel Henry handball. Oh, ball. we were. Te- I texted yeah. you in the st- Yeah, yeah I, that was an absolute. I, I genuinely have no idea what's going to get given as a handball anymore. No, yeah, and I'm sure if
2: you weren't moving, you would have texted me too. I'm sure. Well, and you were <laughs> next. You were next to him. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. Just kidding. He told. Bro- yeah. No, it, they- it looks a handball. I know it hits off his chest onto his arm, but the hand's moving. Yeah. For me, I, I would feel if, I, if you're given penalties when a ball is blasted at a guy yeah. from close range and he can't do anything, you've that, got to yeah. give that as handball. No. And it was reviewed and there was no handball. Yeah,
4: that's the that's the hard part to understand because I, I would feel terrible for Danielle for give, for getting called for that. But if yeah. you if you're basing it on what they've been calling this year, yeah, that's absolutely a handball. And and the, but the thing is, it evened out. Because yes. the goal that was actually went in it should have
2: been called back on a handball. Oh, no, swell. it shouldn't because I watched no. that again. Today. No, it was it his chest. Totally it hit chest. His yeah, chest. okay. Then it should have been 4 one. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Could have been another Wando. That's why. Could have I... been an ultra clean sheet, <laughs> <laughs> an an ultra defeat. Maybe that like a new one. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was rough. First question Just to to, to Martin Desanto's after the match said it was a shambles and a disgrace. I think that was a little bit maybe strong, but. Hard to argue too much with that. Is that a fair summation? summation? I think Can you say we, it was a shambles when they were in it up to the 79th minute?
2: No, I think the thing is, if, if, I don't know if they were up to I, it in the 79th yeah. minute. I think that's giving it a little bit too much credit. Yes, <laughs> technically. Um, the thing is, I, the, pro, the problem is it's the the accumulation of the games like from the Seattle game, which they hung in there. But they hung tough. Uh, but they, um, uh, but th- th- giving up the goal late that that hurt them. I think that might have been just a turnaround right there. That late goal because they were like right on with them, and then to give. A, I think that affected them more than anything else. It seems like at this point. But since then, six one loss, three nil loss. I can't remember what the hell they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, four yeah, nil no, loss. But yeah, three I, I, one. I've, it's basically seventeen to two in the last five yeah. MLS games. But,
1: 17 to two. They've been outscored. When yeah. I was watching the. The Cascadian derby tonight. It did cross my mind as well. It's since that late goal to Seattle they've just gone to shit. Yeah,
2: I don't think. I honestly
1: don't think it's anything
2: to do with the Haiti game that you were talking about. Remember, we were thinking maybe it's the Haiti game. Yeah. that I think it's that Seattle yeah. game that messed them up.
4: I I, I think uh, a, well, a couple things. One, I think going back was it Danielle Henry who said hey, we got to get everyone on the same page. Yes. I. I
1: Think there might be something to, to that. Well, it's very interesting when you listen to my chat with Shea Salinas. He says all the same things that would make you think he's talking about the white caps, Same page. It's a process. You've seen what's happened there, yeah. Because everyone bought into it, yeah. Mm. But 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 I, I
4: I not it's not just that comment from a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or whatever. The other thing for me that is a bit of, a bit concerning, and it's more about the communication of it one of the things and I and I, I have grown to appreciate
1: Mark DeSantos as as the Whitecaps coach like I yeah I, I like just I, to I, put this on the record now as well I I think he's a great coach yeah. you do not become a bad coach overnight no he's made mistakes he'll be the first to admit it he for me he's still the right man yeah. to lead this team. I,
4: I I appreciate him as a Whitecaps coach, and I've always appreciated him as a person going back to when, yeah. we, when we first met him at Swanger back in the day. He uh, so this is not uh, I'm not trying to be negative or I'm not I'm not one of those MDS out or <laughs> kind of people or whatever. But the one thing that he's been saying, which I believe is true, but I just wouldn't say it <laughs> if I was him, is this. Um, explanation of how because of the schedule we can't really train in the ideal way yeah he yeah, said he said that after this game too he said, said have, that after, times, he yeah. said that he after yeah. yesterday he said it multiple times in the last couple of days i think or yesterday before at the halftime or post game yeah, which interesting so I, I, I believe it's true but but think I I would not be saying that to
2: people. Yeah, no, I, know. I think he's being honest because he's oh, usually yeah. honest with everything. Like yeah. when he, when when they lose horribly, he he's admits that they've lost yeah. horribly. He Admitted that we're fragile. Who, which coach yeah. admits their team is fragile at this point? So I think he, him saying it is not making an excuse. I think he's saying it truthfully that that's. But way. I just don't think it helps him. Oh, no. it like,
4: doesn't no. I'm, I'm not, not, doubting,
1: doubting, the, oh, I'm I'm not no. doubting the truth. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think it's helpful well, to him. What. But, Let's hear what he said after the game yesterday. We're also going to hear from San Jose Earthquakes head coach Mateus Almeida, who I did not know did not speak English when we were doing the post game chat with him. So I've, I've left his answers in because he did it in a nice way. He split his answers up so the guy could give a proper translation, which makes a change from someone answering for a minute and then you get a 10 second answer. Anyway, here are both head coaches. <laughs> Uh, so, Matthias, that sounds like a very happy locker room in there. How, how did you see tonight's game? Did well to come back from going down to an early goal. Si,
5: sí, siempre que uno consigue un triunfo es una de festejar,
6: Whenever one is uh, victorious, that's a possibility to celebrate.
5: to disfrutar. Enjoy. De alegrarse.
6: To become happy.
5: Sobre todo por el año pasado que tuvieron ellos, que fue realmente difícil.
6: Especially considering last year that they had, which is very difficult.
5: El partido lo vi que jugamos eh, bastante bien. Por un momento entramos en dificultad porque estábamos perdiendo
6: 1-0.
5: Pudimos mantener la calma y empezar a hacer nuestro juego y, y de a poquito fueron llegando los
6: goles.
5: No, es la perseverancia que
6: tiene este grupo.
5: Está trabajando como una
6: familia.
5: Esa era la idea y el objetivo desde un primer momento.
6: That was the idea and since the first moment.
5: Y le estamos agregando aparte de la pasión,
6: passion, adding, el
5: amor por lo que hace cada deportista,
6: each, um, el respeto
5: al rival
1: opponent,
5: y la credibilidad en ellos mismos.
1: The season didn't start very good for you guys. Four losses to start the year. What is it that has turned this team around?
5: Bueno sabíamos que iba a ser eh, un proceso,
1: we knew that it was gonna be a
5: todos los procesos llevan un tiempo,
6: every takes time.
5: primero teníamos que cambiar una mentalidad.
6: First we had to change our mentality.
5: Después teníamos que instalar un sistema de juego.
6: Then we had to install a system of play.
5: Y una demostración que cada uno de ellos podía hacerlo.
6: And that's a showing that each and every one of them could do it.
5: Por eso acepté este desafío.
6: That's why I accepted this challenge.
5: Cuando tuve posibilidad de ir a otros lugares.
6: When I had the possibility to go elsewhere.
5: Y elegí a ellos porque los estudié y sabía que podían dar muchísimo más.
6: I chose them because I studied them and I knew they had a lot more to give. So some people say that you might apply for the coach of Ecuador's men's national
7: team. Are you thinking of applying to be coach of Ecuador's men's
5: national team? In reality, those are
6: just things I've heard. Nobody has approached me and my mentality is here in this team.
8: We came in well. Important goal um, against a team that men marks all over the field and, and stretches the field a lot. Um, from there, we were... When they got the two goals, we we weren't able really to react. Uh, We had a a tough time to find opportunities. Um, Jordi has a good one. Um, Ardaiz has a good one. But at the end of the day, they created more uh, because Max did uh, two very good saves. Um, Look, we we felt good about our start. But then when when they scored the two goals, we, we came back at half. We felt that... The way that the the, the field was open, and now they man mark. Uh, we needed a little bit more movement from from our two forwards to try to attack the space in behind. It didn't happen, and um, and at the end of the day, we deserved to lose. Uh, they they were the better team.
7: Tough night tonight, but
6: mm-hmm. it's been four games in a row where it's been
7: a tough night. Yeah, and we've heard the same promises and vows of a reaction, you know, to. Come back and not be as mentally fragile. Yeah. For those people who were booing at the end of the game, walking out. What can you say to them about next game and what they can expect?
8: Yeah, it's difficult to t- to say uh, to say come and you're gonna expect this. You know, of course, that our work as coaches and players is to 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 find a reaction, to improve the team, to make it better. Uh, but to say that Wednesday we're gonna be. Uh, this or that—it's—it's—it's it's, it's unpredictable. Now our job is to make sure that we we watch the game again, we see what went wrong, and and try to react from it. But I think that uh, now, right now, we're in a in a in a bad moment—a really bad moment.
7: Do you feel you got the reaction you wanted from the team in this game?
8: I thought that uh, in the in the locker room before the game, we looked. Uh, very motivated to play the game. And I felt that in the first 15 minutes we came out and we were, um, we were aggressive, we, we, we got the first goal. I felt good about the start. Then when we conceded the two goals, mentally it's, it's hard right now for us. Uh, and uh, to, to get a reaction there, it's, it's hard. But it, uh, it gives us also a lot of answers for the future. Do you question yourself at all in these tough moments? Always trust me I do. I'm um I'm disappointed at some decisions uh, that I also took and uh and I do, but you it's life. Life you don't uh you can't dwell on things. You can't stay on things. It it becomes frustrating uh, for you. You have to move on. You have to learn and say this was good, this was wrong. This was wrong. We have to go and and to improve it. But again, I think it's a, it's a good moment for our club uh, when it comes to uh, what we faced and, and what we need moving forward as a club.
7: Hi, Mark. Uh, as the MLS season goes on here, is there a certain point you get to where you're more looking forward to building for next year, maybe improving now. on some of the things? No,
8: no.
1: The Gaffers, Matias Almeida and Mark DeSantos. Now, Mark Santos has had a, a lot of stick from the vocal crowd on social media. I would say, I, I did tweet this last night, he has been successful everywhere that he's gone. This is hurting him. Oh, he's yeah. not used to this. Yeah. He's as pissed off as everyone that this hasn't worked out. How much blame does he shoulder? Because he has built the squad, and we talked about it when he was adding these players. Are, are we there's a lot of unproven guys that he's he said when he signed yeah. them, Yeah, they haven't lived up to their talent. I'm going to try and get the best out of them. So, if you I want, you brought too many of them if, in.
2: if you want me to give percentage, are we including players, coach, front office, and owners, right? Yeah, Four? Yeah. okay. Yeah, so let's go with that. I would give him probably 10 to 15% blame.
3: Oh, that low?
2: Yes. Because there's one group that hits a majority of the blame mm. for me. Who's that, Steve? That would be ownership. The oh. <laughs> the ownership gets, uh, I would give him, I'll give him the
1: majority of 51%. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. And Mark does have to shoulder some of it because he has signed these players. But I will counter that by saying, He's had to also scout them himself because they haven't given him what he's been looking for, which is four coaches, three coaches and a head scouting person. Not coaches, like scouts. So he's wanted four scouts, three general ones and a head of scouting. Well, you can't expect him because he was hired uh, in November.
2: So how much scouting is going to be? Like, he'll have an idea. The
1: discussions of, were had yeah. with people that were yeah, lined up true. to be coaches. And then the funds were not there for whatever My personal reason. thing we is, scouts.
2: I, yeah. and he mentioned this too, that before, I think, I can't remember what radio interview he mentioned. I think his biggest mistake is not getting people, enough people from within MLS on the team. Yeah, I, I, think, I he, think he'll I, admit that Yeah, No, he did admit it. I oh. can't remember where. It was on a, a radio interview. Uh, he did mention that he should have got more experience. Maybe it was in the print somewhere. I'm not sure exactly. Experienced players, It's like experienced with MLS, he, like people that are, kind yeah. of have the idea. What's I, going a lot with of MLS. folks say,
1: "Oh, you don't need that." You, you do. You do. Well, you yeah. need. This, some this of is them. a league where you've got travel, travel. You've got one. different climates. Yes. In the space of like an eight day period, you could have three games well, all in different climates. Right. Vancouver. How many climates? How many?
4: How many of your starting eleven needs to have that? Because look, within their starting eleven, who who has that? You have, you have the, the Colombian. you have Finny, I'd say I'd pay s- if you class him as a starter. Should I don't J- Jake at right back. I don't classify starter three or four three, years. Three, years. That should be enough. Uh Daniel Henry.
1: Uh who else? Russell Tybird? To be fair there are a lot of Danielle's times with a shit show that was T F C.
2: Yeah. Good point. Um I, I no, I th- I think because those guys those guys are solid players. They're not difference makers. The difference yeah. makers he thought he was bringing in weren't used to MLS. Well, we, I mean, you've we also talked got about it, it in the offseason. F-
1: yeah, and who just can't be consistent.
2: Like I would have given up all, a lot of Tam and Gam or whatever for a guy like Albert Elise. Yeah, like because yeah. he's played here and he's yeah. a difference maker yeah. in Bre- MLS. break we the bank for someone like him. S- that's jo- Johnny you know. Russell. Just throw him. I don't think he would have came. He likes the. To- barbecue. Um, but I, I think, I think like us, somebody, I'm not even saying get but at least get somebody like him that yeah. can actually make a difference here. I guess they thought
1: they had with Freddie Montero. For, for me right now, Montero, I think, still has some value in MLS. He is not going to be the guy that MDS is going to build this team around next no. year. I trade him now yes. in this window. Because somebody... somebody without a DP striker if you're not going to add to this team. And just well, ride out RDS, Bear Reyna. Just try that. Well, there's another team out there that's probably going to turn him into a TAM player. Yeah. Um, so if they acquire He'll him, do a so, good job yeah. in the right setup. Yeah. And this setup is not suiting him. He's, it, a t-
4: he's a TAM... That's because he's a TAM
1: player. At best. <laughs> yeah. At best, yeah. yeah. Well... Since we're talking about Montero, let's just wrap this part up with. Oh wait, I don't get to say where the. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh yeah. Well, I don't have to say it.
4: People know my perspective. I think, and like for me, it's like when there's a problem, why are you why are you dealing with the the ramifications way down the road? I don't know how many different ways I can say it. I think last week I used uh, the stream metaphor. Right, you're you're trying to fix things downstream when the real. Sorry, when uh, the problem is upstream, yes. and that needs to be fixed. So, Steve, the damn. You, you, yeah, the owners uh, and their commitment to um, again, I'm I'm not talking crazy. Like I don't think anyone's talking crazy, crazy money. No. But exactly, uh, that's you, the problem. I, <laughs> I think. I think either. you have to have three designated players who all make more than one point five million dollars. Which means the owners are paying part of their salary themselves.
1: We have be, two. I'd be no. Happy. Freddie and Ali are no. both on more than one point five. Now they 5. Are.
4: Now, oh now Ali is now. Ali we, is that not confirmed though?
1: It, it's not been confirmed, but the the, the rumors are he yeah. is on a, a hefty salary. But, and, and what's the other one? Freddie was on one point seven, was he no? No, not not on no? his, his return. No. Originally he was. No. Originally he was.
4: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I well,
1: and I'm not that?
4: sure and I'm not sure that the owners were paying the over yeah, the overage on that. But <laughs> I think it's a Chinese club was. Well, maybe that Chinese maybe. club was. But but that's the thing. That's they, you need to have that. And so yeah, to me to complain or whatever about the, the coaching the, and the coaching staff and the squad selection. That is all based on those players. When you're the difference makers are limited in mm-hmm. what you can spend on them and what you're going to pay them, that that shapes everything. Yeah. It, it changes everything. I, you are bringing
1: players in that you're expecting to be a bit more consistent as well and perform at the higher level than yeah. they've been performing at. And there's certain teams in
2: MLS, and we've talked about this before. If you take their star player out, right, they are equal to what the Whitecaps are right now. Their oh, star players I elevate. That bad. No, I'm not. No, I'm saying that, like, I'll give two examples. LA Galaxy. I don't think LA Galaxy is that good without Zlatan on the team. But you saw that. Or, or, um, Alice, uh, uh, Romaine Lettuce, whatever his name is. Um, but like, if you take a couple of those players off, they're not as good. Yes, I agree, DC United last year, Mm -hmm. they weren't that great. Wayne Rooney shows up, elevates the whole team.
4: Steve, if you had three true designated players, O- over one point five million dollars in salary players. Let's so let's say two million. If, let's you, get, let's if give you had three, two, one and a half, and one. No, no, that's too, that's no, good enough. It's got to be over one point five. In my they, mind,
1: they always are. the I
4: young, let's say let's yeah, say you let's say you won. had three two million dollar legit two million dollar salaried players. Yes, and you put them on this Vancouver Whitecaps team. Yeah,
1: yeah they would be. They, I everyone would expect them to be in the playoffs for sure. They'd expect them to be. I don't know that the way that this midfielder is uh, playing that they would be. Well, well, one of them would be a midfielder at least. Well, you're saying that. Who knows? We have a left back now that's a DP and a high wage. But he's not really a left back. But I do want to talk about him and Montero from yesterday. There was an incident. I I watched the TV back, and yet you see Adnan shouting, and you can kind of see what he's shouting at, but if you'd been watching it live, you wouldn't have thought anything off it. So there's a throw into the Whitecaps, and... Ali is left with two men to mark because Montero just walks away to go and mark a guy further. Tiber up the. Pitch. was hurt. Tybert was, was off. He got entered. punched in the ribs.
2: Did he? really get Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. I haven't seen the.
1: Is there any footage of that? There was
2: a. There was a slight. I saw. We. Saw, what we oh, it? it was a closed hand moving. Like of the a, arm. kind of like
1: okay. this. A, a, not, it wasn't like a like a yeah, punch, okay. but, but I, it was like a like a. Just I a tweeted knock. about how Ali shouting by? at Montero because it happened as soon as that, the play happened. Yeah, we both Yeah, after the play, he was keeping on at him, and then a few people. Messaged me back saying, oh, this has been going on between these two for a few games now. They've been chirping away at oh. each other. And even MDS, oh, Tybert as well in the second half had a go up Montero for not moving. Still. Oh, yeah, It was still first half. L all blurs into one yeah. for not moving when he was trying to take a corner. And MDS has spoken about how he's needing more energy yes. and commitment from Freddie. And the thing is, Montero
2: post-game... Uh, on the radio, said that it's fine if you want to run around, but if you don't know where you want to run, it's no point of running around. <laughs> oh, really? He mentioned that on the radio. So who who, who are the two players that run around a lot? Adnan and Tyburn <laughs> on the pitch. I I, I, I my feeling is i I think those are veiled shots at those guys.
4: Well, and you could see, I mean you could see that that's why Russell was brought into the squad yesterday because. Uh, from kickoff he was just everywhere he was running 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 he was like I'm
1: going to prove my worth today yeah not sure he did though but Uh, we will be back with some more whitecaps chat to see if anyone did prove their worth after this
8: hi I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show
1: Walking on the moon by the police. To tie in with the anniversary of the moon landing, which was celebrated this week. Momentous occasion. Do you all remember where you were when, when that happened, when we landed on the moon? We? Hmm. Who's we? The world. Oh. Mankind. Oh. No? Oh. I was not born. Just to clarify as well, I am talking about the Apollo moon landings mm. and not the free kick that Robert Earnshaw took <laughs> down Seattle. In 2015, in the Champions League, because that's still in orbit, that has not landed on the moon yet, not at all. Oh, but man. we know the White Caps. Was the 3 0 no loss that one? It was. Yeah. The White Caps are never ones to shy away from a marketing opportunity. If they can squeeze cash out of, of their punters by tying it in with a marketing thing, they'll do it. So, in honour of the moon landings, I can reveal that this Wednesday, the White Caps <laughs> have decided there will be no atmosphere at BC Place. <laughs> There was some atmosphere yesterday. You heard some interesting chants of na-na-na-na. Very loud chants. That's what happens when most folk have left by by that point.
2: At, at first, I, we didn't know what was going on. No, I didn't figure... I, and I, we, couldn't, did,
1: I d- couldn't work out. And we Duzie heard the then, goodbye of the folk saying, oh, they're going Leonarduzzi, Leonarduzzi. Yeah. Hey, hey, bye-bye. But then, at the end of the game, Mark DeSantos went round the pitch, went to both supporters' sections, mm-hmm. shook supporters' hands, spoke to them... I'm imagining he would apologize for the performance. I know you went there, but did you hear, was that roughly what he was doing? Uh, I don't know if you, I, yeah, I didn't. Ask, I, saw, I saw one of our people say something about it. I can't remember what they said now. Um, it, it was nice though, because he knows the fans are pissed off and it was, he feels embarrassed. Yeah. It wasn't just MDS, yes,
2: it was Daniel Henry w- was there for oh, a bit. He? Yes, he was there, and I think Max Carpolle, uh was around there mm. too. He came out late from uh, the field as well. I mean, I don't know if there were other players. I couldn't, I didn't notice anybody else.
1: There's not really any point in breaking down the games anymore because we're saying the same thing week in, week out. We know there's a gaping black hole to keep our space connections in that midfield. Doesn't matter who we put in there, what formation they try, nothing's working. There's just nothing up front. Joaquín Diaz, A, has still not solved any crimes with me. <laughs> we have not caught one criminal. <laughs> But I think crime has increased. <laughs> I'm proud to say that he has helped keep my record intact of scoring the same number of goals for the Whitecaps as he has. Oh. <laughs> I did score in the first media match at BC Place, oh, so, so I've got one more so you, goal there on, than, than On BC he has. Place pitch. Yeah, yeah. That was a competitive game too, so that counts. <laughs> Wait, who was your captain that year? Paul Ritchie. Oh, yeah, I a fellow a, Scotsman. Yeah, I scored and set a goal up for Paul Ritchie. Wow. Highlight of my life. Really. Yeah. Like,
4: how, how did you wedding. celebrate? Did you like, jump into his arms? Did he give you piggyback? Yeah. Whatever.
2: My captain was Jason DeVos.
1: <laughs> and you won, right?
2: No, we, we, you guys won the title, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We oh, came Paul second. Won. Okay, we yeah. came second.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, you say Paul Ritchie won? I like to think I, I played my part. <laughs> but we won't go into all that. We, we know it's the midfield. So what the hell? Booze did ring around the stadium. Fans left early. It's a tough sell. The ones that arrived. White caps just now. Yeah. yeah
4: the, the, so tickets sold was 17,000.
2: 17
1: and a half was basically How many were in the next attendance. Ground? How many? I uh, I would I'd guess 13, around 14
2: I would say 14 at the most. Maybe the, you're approaching 15 from the people that came in and then left early. That or the spent press most box of
1: the was was empty as well. What? The, no press? Yeah. No. It's good you get more cookies that way. It's true. Season ticket renewal, the people in Otter renew, it goes out in August 1st. Yeah, so yeah, they sent out information. I think people will be cutting
2: it. out their Wi-Fi very quickly, if that. or cancelling their credit cards,
1: <laughs> just to make sure no. that doesn't happen. The, the headline in the Vancouver Sun article that J.J. Adams wrote was that the Whitecaps are not wanting to be buried in a tsunami of people not renewing their season tickets. Yeah. And it's a tough sell just now. I mean, if you are a Whitecaps season ticket rep, what do you tell the people? Because last year... <laughs> It said, oh, we're getting these DPs. It's going to be a new era, more attacking football, more exciting football. Hasn't quite lived up to that. Well, uh, t- technically, they weren't lying because no, they, we they, they did bring DPs. in three
2: DPs. Yeah, oh, there wasn't that level of they're
4: DPs. They're not so true DPs.
2: They, no, they're not. Um, I don't know. What
4: was the other thing you this told is me? The reason reps I, were
1: saying, they were saying, scalp your tickets? Oh, yeah. Someone <laughs> um, tweeted Amanda Chow, who had chat with her a bit on Twitter, and oh, yeah, she know, listens Amanda. to the show. She had said when she was doubting about renewing last year, her ticket rep had said, "Oh, just just scalp the tickets." Right, but the amount of people I wonder yesterday- how the
4: rest of the the, the the front office feels about that. Mm. I remember back in the day, Bobby uh, literally personally like uh, having encounters with scalpers at Swanker. Oh really? Oh yeah. Was he
1: trying to sell tickets?
4: No, he <laughs> was uh, expressing how
1: disappointed he was at their uh, their setup. Well, I mean, scalpers are not going to be making much money with the white caps right now, because the number of people that have either sent us tweets directly or just tweeting in general to other people that have said they've been trying to give their tickets away to these yeah. games, and they can't even get anyone to take the free tickets. The
4: nice thing is the scalpers are taking a bath, so I, like, I don't feel I, don't, oh, yeah. I feel good about that.
1: That's always good.
2: The thing is about that, too, like, I know a lot of people want to send a message that, uh, you know, cancel their tickets. And, uh, but I think Chris um, had tweeted out that it's not even going to make a difference to the, to the owners about nobody showing up to the games because they get so much money f- revenue from the TV deals and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like,
1: you were talking about some And there's before. always going to be new blood so, coming in as well. And yeah. They're not going to be so jaded. They'll hang around for a couple of years. No, they, but, they, but will they? No, 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 not, not in this? Yeah, maybe
2: not, maybe maybe not as much It's, now. it's you, like a team like New England how many of your fans have they gotten over the years and they still are spending yeah. money on players and everything like that? But it's because they're getting money from, uh, uh, you know, like you said, some and, yeah. and, and all and the they other have,
4: Their issues are their stadiums in terrible place. And yeah, not, not location-wise. I mean they're, they're, they're
1: going to need to get out in the community more? This is,
4: I think I've said it on the show in the past, but the, the only language the owners and the front office speak is money. And the only way you can truly That's not true.
1: I showed an elevator with Jeff Marlett yesterday. We had a great chat about San Francisco Giants.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, great. And what did he say? He told you, oh, yeah, he told MDS to go on a 15, 15 out of 17
1: game winning yeah, streak, Yeah, just right? like the Giants had. Yeah, yeah. Got off to a bad start yesterday. That's great. That's really motivational for your coach. <laughs> he was joking. He was there as a oh. fan yesterday. He wanted to stress he was there as a fan. I said, oh, just wait till the first goal goes in." Thinking it was going to be San Jose. <laughs> He said it probably won't get to that. He'll be up and out of his seat. No, but seriously, the only language they speak is money.
4: And yeah. the only way you can impact them is by affecting re- their money. Not, I, re- I, not,
1: I, not renewing your a, a small, a small
4: example was a number of years ago when there were some uh, issues between supporters in the front office. Someone of their own volition, pre-game, just tweeted out, don't buy anything at the stadium. And we were in the stadium setting up. And people from the Whitecaps front office... Came to us immediately. They're like, "Who tweeted that? Which one of you guys? Who was it? We want to know." And we're like, "Dude, go hunt them down on Twitter yourself." Like, it wasn't us. Like, we're here setting up and what? Yeah, they, they 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 highly care. They highly care if you do or say anything that impacts them financially. They care. Why do you think they cared about the walkouts? Because the walkouts were a negative perception for them that leads to them losing money. That's why they ultimately. Well, in part, that's why I think they acted.
1: Well, we got a lot of tweets. So many, actually, my Twitter and Steve's as well blew up this weekend. That's the thing, you throw out fun questions and then you get so many replies, we can't even get through them all. But a lot of people were wanting discounts or some incentives to renew. Um, Ryan McLeod, friend of the show, said he's going to spend his season ticket money on a new set of fitted golf irons. So if they can offer him that instead as a free (laughs) gift, then he'll, he'll renew. But, I mean, lots of people are wanting discounts. And someone did raise an interesting point. What if they try and put the tickets up? Cuz they have been frozen for a couple of years. What if the season ticket price increases next year? They're already one of the highest. I know. Like yeah, <laughs> if they put them up. Yeah, no. But I mean, other folks are suggesting like uh TJR said maybe get use some of their sponsors get 25% off ICBC insurance or all these kind of things. 25% off ICBC. Or start off at 10% and then increment the more you've had a season ticket holder. Reward loyal season ticket holders. The more you've had a season Bef- ticket, the more the you get. The only issue
2: is that their are sponsors BCAA and that
1: has nothing to do with
4: ICBC insurance. Before this year, they they uh, struggled yeah. to get sponsors. I can't imagine how hard it will
1: be now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... it's Everyone's agreeing it's a really difficult job. Michael Phillips says, if I was given a job, I would ensure that performance benefits started after one dozen sales, or you could possibly just take lower deposits, let people pay up for their season tickets, stuff like that. But I mean, there's so many folk because of the auto renew that probably will will renew. But just want to read this from Mokumvac G, and then we'll move on. He says, the problem with asking that question is, the ticket reps, they're decent people, but they're overworked. They're underpaid. They're not backed by a credible and transparent front office. The onus shouldn't be on these reps to have to convince people. They, sh- they shouldn't have to regurgitate the platitudes of management. There should be a reason that makes people want to renew. And basically, we're not seeing that. No, And, and this, is, this goes back to the, the question of what is a
4: football club? Because if it's just a business and I like I hate I hate this language and when people use this like they talk about the the product when the product's not I just for me like this is not about a product this is about a community this is about being involved with other people um, so it drives I mean I, I understand why people use that language but it like it it just irks me um, but when you're only a business and you don't run your business well and you don't and your service isn't well and what you're supplying to people isn't good, as this season is an example of, then you're, yeah, people are not going to want to be a part of it.
3: No, and customer
1: retention is the thing in all business. Yeah. What do you do to retain your customers? But that's why when, when you're talking about a sports club, when you're talking about a football yeah. club, it needs to be about
4: more than just making money. Yeah. It needs to be. It has to be an attractive proposition. I think someone recently, I don't know if it's was Ibra, I think Ibra recently talked about this, right? Ibra just said, in, in in Europe, most teams don't make money.
1: Yes. Right? Oh, yeah, he talked about yeah. the owners here. Yeah. They're just yeah. There, they don't make
4: money. money. A few yeah. of them make money, but most of them don't. It's a communal thing. It's about yeah. their community and about about all, all of that. I'm sure there's yeah. people making money in different ways. But but he said, yeah, here, all the owners care about
1: is making yeah. money, and that's, what, that's one of the things that is limiting here. But we're going to have Zlatan coming up in the next part, so stay tuned for that. Th- this year certainly looks like being the worst or second worst At the moment, it's looking like the worst MLS season in the Caps history. The only comparative year is that expansion year in 2011. Right now, there's 11 games remaining. We're bottom of the West with 20 points from 23 games, 4 wins, 11 defeats, 8 draws, 23 goals for, 41 against. 41 goals against after 23 games. To put that into kind of some perspective, 2015. We were only let in 36 goals. 2014, we were only let in 40. 2012, Martin Rennie's first year, we were only let in 41. I mean, that's crazy. Because if you were to ask CAP fans for the best part of the season, most of them are going to say the defence, because of Max Kripo, because of Daniil Henry. That seems to have just gone to shit now as well. It's just the last three, four yeah. games, essentially. And the thing is, the reason why
2: that uh, I, I don't think the defence is better back then, the thing is, is teams in MLS have elevated to another level Yes, while the Whitecaps are in that same kind of phase and they haven't moved on and they haven't moved up.
1: I mean, we joke a lot. We talk about it on social media. Other folk have as well. How does this team compare to that team of 2011? They ended up with 28 points from their 34 games, six wins, so we need two more to equal that, three to beat it, 18 losses, 10 draws. They only scored 35 goals they let in fifty five. I think we're going to let in more than fifty five. I have to say, barring a miraculous run of clean sheets, <laughs> yeah, ultra clean sheets. So I mean, if everyone's been debating partly in fun, maybe meaning it, who would win between the twenty eleven White Caps and the twenty nineteen White Caps? What would the score be, and why? We threw that out on Twitter. We got a lot of responses, and I won't read them all. A couple of folk like Mike Ward and Hans they thought one 0 to the twenty eleven Caps. Mike Ward saying be- only because a lot of them have retired now. I think he's st- planning no, on playing them at their current No, age. I'm, th- I'm talking
2: about the same level. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I still. I th- okay, go ahead. Go ahead well, Derek,
1: Derek Constantino said no, nil because uh, you'd have Hastie getting sent off for taking a selfie with his shirt off at half time. Both would average 11% possession, with 78% <laughs> being throw ins and neither team making <laughs> a single <laughs> forward pass. <laughs> Tybert leading the way with 200 square balls to teammates within three yards. But a lot of people were were saying the twenty eleven team initially. And then other folk were like, no, this twenty eighteen team is better. But people I mean, you were talking about this yesterday as well. People are thinking of Camilo and Hasley and the damage that they could do as effective strikers. Yeah. I agree with
2: that, but the 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 only issue is that the 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 that defense that the White Caps twenty eleven White Caps defence had, um, save for a couple of players people were just running through them all the time. And I think they got really lucky. They didn't get more goals in. Yeah. I think this... Tw- I, I personally think this 2019 team would beat that 2011 team. I do as well. I've uh, got I, to I, see. I think, I think there's no short, no contest there, actually. And there's a certain player we talked to off the record uh, that they, they kind of agreed
4: with us. <laughs> that, that 2011 would... Would lose. Yeah. Would
1: lose. Would yes. lose. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. The best of 2011. Yes. Yeah. Greg no. Petrie thinks both squads are bad, but only one of them was managed by Tom Soane. So there you go.
2: There you go. That's the biggest difference. No, well,
1: you say Tater over.
4: Why, why would you put
1: Tommy Soane into this?
4: Because <laughs> he's the one that was
1: running it. He, he had it
5: for longer.
4: Let's, yes. let's be honest. No, okay. No, okay. I think 2011 would win just out of their sheer commitment. Like, yeah, in some ways, there's, there's some players who might have, be, have better technical ability. But I think that commitment of that team, I think... I think goes longer goes a longer way than people think. Is
2: this the same commitment that David Comiento had to start training halfway through the season because he was out of shape? Same guy, but there was a there was a period where he actually had to leave the team so he could get back into shape because he had gotten out of shape.
4: Yeah, I still think the commitment the, min- the commitment of that team
1: overall far outweighs this team, but like by a mile. I, I think the the better quality though should be. In the 2019 one. I mean, it should got, be, of you've, course. Got Rainey, you've got Jordi you've got Freddy Montero, you've got stuff like that. I, okay, I would oh, would you take would you take the
4: 2019 Colombian over the 2011 Camilo? Yeah, because
1: Camilo wasn't great until 2012.
2: He got his goals in 2011. He, got, he did but get some goals, yes.
1: but 2012 was when he got No, he out. scored 12 goals in 2011.
2: Yeah, Freddie will get 12. I guess, I guess that 2011 no, defense, but he cr- he, was. he also
1: created most of those goals himself. Mm. Someone who was involved with the team in 2011, Marius Rofta, friend of the show, he tweeted to say, if the 2011 team played at home at Empire, we would win for sure. More fight in that team, as you said. But on the road in BC place, 100% sure on a defeat. And yes, someone would get sent off because of poor Canadian refereeing. Andrew Delbar says it was maybe 5-1 to the 2019 Whitecaps. Let's not have a bad run of form. Cloud the reality... That the twenty eleven team was hot garbage in a leak that was nowhere near what it is now. We also joked with Shea Salinas yesterday about that after the match. We didn't want to put him on the spot on the record and, and ask him who would win. We may have asked him afterwards. But let's just hear what Shay Salinas had just had to say in general after yesterday's game. So, Shay back in Vancouver I, again, the, the team, you've been with it for so long, you've struggled when you've come up here before. Tonight, it feels like a whole different earthquake side. Does it feel like that for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've struggled in the past a lot of places away, um, but this year, we, we have a confidence about us that we play the same at home as we do away. Uh, we came in here tonight knowing that Vancouver's a tough team and thinking that they should have more points than they do. and. Um, So we didn't take him lightly and and we were able to come out of here with three points. It was great for us. Yeah, a really, really tough start to the season. Obviously four straight
1: Mm -hmm. losses, but something then just seemed to click and turn it around. What do you put that down to?
0: Yeah, I think it was a bunch, a combination of things. I think it took us a little bit to get used to the the system. Um, And and honestly, to buy into the system, have confidence in it. And then once we were able to to all buy in and everyone get on the same page, we just had a, a team belief about us that, that keeps us in games it keeps us tough we want to be a team that's very difficult to play against uh, and I think we've become that.
2: I'll, I'll, you, there weren't very many changes coming in from last season how effective like how, how did that affect your mentality coming into the year that your coach believed in you and and, and kind of propelled you going into this year?
0: Yeah absolutely I mean he could have come in and just totally cleaned house and changed the personnel and he didn't do that. Uh, so that, as a player, that gives you confidence that that you're wanted. Um, and even after the first four games, after losing those four games, he said, "This is my group of guys. Th- this this team can win games." Um, and it's been awesome to see that that belief turn into a reality. Your your own
1: personal season. I mean, you're on goal score and form more than any other season in your career. What, what's unlocked you this year?
0: Yeah, I think uh, a part of it is our style of play. I'm able to get the ball a lot higher up. I'm isolated one-on-one often. That's what I like doing, taking guys on one-on-one, um, getting in the box. Uh, so I think it's style of play. It's also confidence. I feel really comfortable on the ball right now. Um, the game s- seems to be slowing down a little bit, and I'm um, just able to f- see things a little more clearly. So... Hopefully, I'll play for another ten years, and we'll keep going this way. We've been having a lot of debate up here: who would win between the 2011
1: Whitecaps and the 2019 Whitecaps. I won't put you on the spot and ask you yeah. that, but looking back to your time here in 2011, what,
0: what was it like in the team? Oh, I think in 2011, it's it's it was so new for everyone. It was new for the the front office. It was new for all the players. It was new for the fans, and we were still adjusting to the last season. We had some great players, but. Uh, we just seemed, couldn't seem to put things all together, uh, and that was an adjustment period. I think the front office has done an amazing job of uh, making this a memorable place to play um, and a memorable team to play for. So uh, I think things have changed a lot for the, for the Whitecaps since 2011, especially the training facilities. Um, so I think it's just going to continue to grow, it's an awesome city to play in. Thank you,
1: Shane.
0: Thanks so much. Yep, Good luck the rest you. of the year, and Zach says hi.
1: Shea Salinas there now, listening to She, you can't help but think what I said earlier. It's like he's talking about the white caps. he's talking about the process, everyone being on the same page ah <sighs> all all for us having a start like San Jose did, and then turning it around like San Jose did. We had three straight losses, they had four,
2: yeah. Now look at him. But the thing is, the coach. We, we I th- uh, was in the interview where he said that he he watched the team from playing last year and yeah. he believed in them. Yeah, and that's I, what
1: made him want to take the job. And,
2: and then, uh, the obvi- but you know, the Whitecaps on the other hand, the, last year was just the, uh, like complete debacle, like the the or a shambolic or however you want to say it. Last nah. year, uh, we were mentioning before. I think the worst. when need to talk about twenty eleven versus twenty nineteen. The worst would be twenty eighteen Whitecaps versus twenty nineteen Whitecaps because oh. one would just sit back and not want to have possession of the ball. One would not know what to do with the ball going forward. So, I think that would be the the worst game you can of the any era of Whitecaps.
1: It'd be like that Simpson sketch where they're just knocking the ball back and forward yeah. on the edge of the both final thirds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, would that, that would be horrific. San Jose, as you mentioned there when you were asking the questions, it didn't ring the changes like MDS did? Now, hindsight's always a wonderful thing. Did we blow it up too much? Because it looks like another blow-up is on the cards. We've got so many players on loan, and I was questioning whether that was a good idea, but we knew it was always the case if they don't work out, then you can you can end the loan deals. And I don't want to sound like, like Donald Trump too much here, but should they all go back to where they came from? <laughs> Have the loan deals just not worked out? No, I, the
2: only player that I would even consider bringing back that's on loan currently, I think, would be um, uh, Godoy. Yeah. That, I think other than that, Ardiez, Bangora, I don't know, maybe I'm missing, am I missing anybody else? I don't know, are there only two?
1: Oh, Venuto's signed, isn't he? Venuto yeah, signed,
2: yeah. yeah. So those two guys, can, there's only three people left because Adnan was the other one on loan and they, they decided to keep him. So I wouldn't... I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't keep it anybody. And I would even try to uh, trade off some of the players that they they currently have that's under contract, like we said, Montero and some others. Well, and Felipe, for example.
1: Matt B and YYC's dug out a, a tweet of mine from 21st of July, 2018. Robo saying what changes need to happen now. We need something. We need an injection of something. We need a reality check within the group, within the club. Fast forward a year, look where we are. Exactly the same position. Is it worth bringing in any new players now? I've been thinking about this. MDS has kind of suggested that not to expect anyone. I can see both sides of that. Because if the playoffs are out the window, what's the point of bringing them in now? But at least you get them to bond with the team now. And what you don't want is another situation like Freddie Montero where you maybe sign someone that's been playing in Europe in January and they've been playing in Europe since August and then you're expecting them to play till October with no break. Yeah. So yeah, it's a In, year. Bomb, in bomb same situation. It, yeah. um, I think the
2: best, one of the best signings and the reason why he was a very good signing is because he was brought halfway through the year Kendall Waston yep. they brought him early, they knew they were going to bring him in january this they, they they worked out a deal where they were able to bring him in early. He played a little bit, got to get, got to know the team, and then next year he was just out and running. he was one of the best defenders in MLS yeah, yeah,
4: so i
2: I, I don't see have a problem with if they can get somebody in early and, and why wait? Uh, yeah, you,
4: you typically pay less for players in July yeah, yeah. or in the summer transfer window. And there's so many
2: players that are unattached right now. The, the, they're obviously probably negotiating with teams, but they're unattached. Some of those deals are going to fall through. They might be able to pick a player here and there that they, makes a difference.
1: The the problem is the the MLS transfer window is going to close while the European one is still open. So yeah. I thought the European one closes early this year. It does close a little bit earlier than it's usual, but I think it's yeah. after this. So free agents are still possible. Yeah, because MLS roster freeze. It, it's usually September. Usually September, yeah. but with the with the playoff change, it yeah. might be a little bit earlier. But yeah, surely as well, MDS is going to use the coming months to blood. Some young players. We're surely going to see Michael Baldissimo, Simon Coline, David Norman, who's almost back to to fitness. Yeah, these guys must be. They got to get minutes somewhere. You have to look at them in competitive games. This is the perfect chance to do that. Simon, I think he's going uh, to the U17. Well, yeah, he's been away with Canada a lot this year, which hasn't hasn't helped. But yeah, I mean, they they've got to. You've got to see if they can play at this level. And this feels like the ideal opportunity now to do it.
4: It hasn't helped with, obviously, him being absent, but hopefully that he's got some minutes, right, playing. And so yeah. hopefully, that like, yeah, he needs to play this yeah.
1: year. And they're going to be hungry as hell yeah. as well. I mean... Do you have a do you have an update on Dave Dave Norman? Um, yeah, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was out with all his plastic ass and stuff. Yeah. Uh, his rehab was going good. Yeah, I saw him possibly in the pool. a little bit uh, ahead of schedule. In the, the initial target date was he would be probably good to go by the end of July, okay. and the hand wanted to rush him back. If he's good to go in August, just get him on the pitch. It 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 looks like the the MLS campaign is over. I think only the well, only most n- they're only nine points back, right? Ten. Oh ten, okay. But most of the teams above them that they need to try and catch have games in hand. Right. And with four home games, you look at the schedule, it's hard to see where the wins are coming from, never mind a string of wins. Stranger things have happened. It's been a year well, of good, surprise good results all over the place. Very good show. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't got Netflix. But it does look like the MLS campaign. It's done. The forks have been stuck in it multiple times. Steve sent out a tweet last oh, night yeah. with a, a tombstone one? with yeah. the white cap season on it. And we got a lot of replies from from that. I'll let Steve do a little bit of chatting. I think he's got this up on the screen.
2: Yeah, it's uh, got over here. Here, um, A lot of memes, so that's not helpful in a radio situation to show memes. I, I right? know.
1: One of the things I've got <laughs> coming up as well, I just got lots of gifs yeah. as re- responses, which doesn't help in the radio.
2: Uh, C Money says I uh, had a gif on uh, Tell Them I Hate Them. Um, Futurama? Yeah, from Futurama, right. Uh, Greg uh, Olson um, tweeted out uh, Happy 40th anniversary
1: Yeah that's kind of been overshadowed a-, a tad this year
2: Dylan Hall uh, Based on the attendance It looks like no one is showing up for the funeral um, G-Man and a couple other people Had uh, a hashtag uh, Fire doozy or Leonard doozy out Greg Baxter Wednesday isn't worth the $6 for pay per view and Never mind the entire evening um, It I- will
1: be a chance to see history made
2: Ahmad Niaz, my former boss. Uh, 2011 inaugural season all over again. Uh, Mike Ward, uh, he tied out a picture. Our expectations were for you were low, but holy. Brad McMahon, um, uh, forgotten but not gone. Uh, Freddie Pina, rest in peace. I like pe- that. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, 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 uh Freddie Pina said uh, rest in pieces. Um, Man uh, Bagari. 2019 this white Cap season tombstones are now available. Our all, are our honor. Pick yours up now with the bell box. A special tailgate price of
1: $3 off. See, never miss a marketing opportunity. It's great.
2: Jake McGrail says, ending the decade the same way we started it. Um, Chris, uh, where was it? At uh, Decoria. Uh, it's it's effing embarrassing. Uh, we could say it at once. You can't say it twice. Uh, Spencer Larson, okay, I put up Okay, (laughs) actually you just put, okay, and in brackets he puts, I put as much effort into the quote as the Whitecaps did it for the season. Uh, John, unlike the stadium, we own the grave site, uh, so we can splurge on a bit more on the tombstone. Uh, Ryan McLeod, uh, 2019, the year the bubble burst. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I I think they're (laughs) they're still going to survive this. Dental damnation, once picked by Michael to be the dark horse scoring machine, RDS, we hardly knew ye. Uh, Peter Zimmerman, uh, even the shovels are buried. Uh, Johnny Monster, um, Whitecaps FC leadership strategy. You can hit rock, you can't hit rock bottom if you are always sinking to new lows. MC um, M three C one hundred and eighty it just had a shrug emoji. Uh, Daniel Pulvers, uh, the kits were pretty sweet though.
3: Yeah, that's Ryan. Been one
2: of the
1: highlights of the season.
2: Ryan Whittle 86er jerseys on sale now. That was the final one.
1: Well, since Steve was reading out pictures and memes there, and we're a very visual radio show, I brought a prop along which I, I feel adequately sums up the white caps in 2019. And th- this is genuine. It is. I've been wearing this over the last couple of weeks, washed, just to, to mention, which is kind of why it's in the state. It's a pair of white cap shorts. And if you look, one of the things has already gone off one side of it. There's another one loose. <laughs> these are all coming, falling apart. Jeez, and it's what pretty are you much, doing with your shorts? I know, it's like pretty well, much like the I got those sh- It's just falling to pieces. This I got those shorts at the same time.
2: And they were, they were minor from the, te- the team
1: sale a number years ago? Yeah. No, no, it's when we played in the media match. That, that's, oh. I got the same ones. Mine are fine. Oh, they gave you the I media? Think D- you just do you
2: wash yours? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. do you wash yours? I w- I w- you just obviously like, uh, put more effort into when you're wearing them.
1: What are you doing with these? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Well, I just bought a new video camera. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, moving on, we'll be back with some more chat after this.
6: Hi, I'm Daniel Henry and you're listening to AFTN.
1: specials gangsters don't know about you too but I dread to think what the future will bring especially on the pitch from a white cat's perspective you are listening to the AFT and soccer show on CITR radio 101.9 FM that was the specials debut single from 1979 historic first ever single released on the two-tone record label it was a double a side with the selector went on to reach number six in the UK charts in 1979 Originally released on May 4th in limited numbers before getting a full release in July 40 years ago and it entered the charts 40 years ago this week. Specials still going strong, just saw them a couple of weeks ago at the Commodore. New album out, if you haven't got that yet check it out, still a fantastic band. Regular listeners will know we've been playing music from 1979 just to tie in with the the Whitecaps soccer ball win 40 years ago. Number one UK album for this week was the fantastic dystopian-themed science fiction album Replicas by Tubeway Army. We've played a song, one of my all-time favourite songs, of friends, Electric, from that album. And to kick off part four, we actually have another one of my favourite songs from that album. Number one song in Canada this week, 40 years ago, was still We Are Family by Sister Sledge, for the second of two weeks at number one. The number one album was Bad Girls by Donna Summer, as it was in the US. But the title track was also the number one single. No really big movies released 40 no. years ago this week. Well, you got to
2: understand that back in 79, it wasn't like now where um, there was a movie mm. every weekend because they, peop- they weren't making as many movies as they do now. 35 years ago, though, uh, a couple of uh, Never Ending Story, which I really liked. Oh, yes. That's good one of Caitlin's book, favorites. And also, Revenge of the Nerds came out 35 years oh. ago this weekend.
1: Never Ending Story. Oh. Have you.
4: Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: Zach woke up from his I, don't, <laughs> I Zach just suddenly go out so, there. I don't,
4: just... don't want to spoil anything, um, but there's a. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you that. You go, there's something you got to watch oh.
1: that you're not watching that I mentioned earlier. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> in Whitecaps land 40 years ago, they had three games in a week and there was no moaning about the minutes played back in the day. Players just got out, played yeah, in pitches, they, played they in all, really
4: crappy pitches. They all really liked each other, got yeah, along all, really well. Ev-
1: everyone did. No one disliked anyone. <laughs> July 15th, they headed to take on the mighty Cosmos in New York, beat them 4-2 in front of over 48,000 fans. A foreshadowing. Big Bobby. Got one of the goals for the white caps. Who? Big Bobby. Who's that? Bobby.
4: Oh I couldn't yeah, Bobby. as Bobby. Like, I thought maybe there was like a South American in this Love
1: the Bobby. They followed that up with a two-one midweek loss at Washington Diplomats before returning home to see off Toronto. 3 0 Empire. And that was nineteen seventy nine. So yes, that was 1979, but forget about the past, let's move into the future. MLS. It's been another enjoyable weekend of MLS action if you don't include the Whitecaps. Which, let's be honest, you watch some of these games and it just feel like MLS doesn't include the Whitecaps really. We keep talking about how it feels like a different league. If the, you watched the LA Derby on Friday night, it most definitely felt it. Like the
2: funny thing days. is, is that the um, there was a national writer. I can't remember his name. Sam, some, Sam, Sam Stagical. Stagical. Yeah, Stagical. Uh He was on uh, local radio, and he said basically the Whitecaps are really non-existent uh, in MLS at this point because they were not really doing anything. I personally think even if they were doing something, they weren't to be that existent.
1: Well, Sam was. in MLS. That's probably why there I was a time. There
4: was a time. Uh, I, uh, once, Back in the day, uh, I don't listen to this podcast anymore because it's not quality, in my opinion. But their their extra time radio thing, mm. I, I think they changed the name again. But where they had they had Carl Robinson on, and before they yes. brought him yes. on, and yeah. right before they brought him yeah. on, they just like thrashed him, and then they brought him on. Mm. But yeah.
1: Robo heard that and was not happy.
4: Yeah, and yeah,
2: the thing is, unless you have uh, significant Americans playing on your team, they're not going to care about any Canadian team. I don't yeah I, like if Toronto didn't have Altador yeah. Bradley they wouldn't they wouldn't give like they, they give them a little bit of credit because it is Toronto is still the center of uh, Canada but uh, uh, as they, they they look at it but they don't they really don't give any stick to Montreal and Montreal has in pretty high
1: standings they don't really care about what they do well it
4: depends on who I think it depends on who those players are
1: like they they that, cared, yeah. they cared when Drogba yeah. was in Montreal well yeah, they, they sure. cared they cared when we had Fonzie.
5: All all they wanted me me to do
1: was to talk to Fonzie, the one guy that wasn't up for interviews. It's like, I don't think you're understanding. I can't speak to Fonzie every week because he doesn't talk every week. But it's been a derby weekend in MLS, and Friday night was the LA Derby. Fantastic. Did did you guys watch it? I did. I saw parts of it. That was a highly enjoyable match. The build up was enjoyable. It's what you want from a derby. These already feel like two teams that hate each other. The players, there's niggles. Oh. So many good bits from that game. I loved Slatten getting the first goal and running to celebrate, basically in front of of Bob Bradley, his first goal. Oh yeah, okay. And running to celebrate in front of Bob Bad- Bradley with his arms out, without ever looking at him, and Bradley just applauding his team. That was just a fantastic moment. Yeah. But they'd been. It was a the, good goal. Oh, very good goal. <laughs> his all three of his goals were pretty good goals, really. Which was the pick of the litter for you? I can't remember if it was the second or third. It was the long range one okay. into the bottom yep. corner. I, think it was I liked the third that. One. Was that the third yeah, one? Yeah, it was the third one. The second one was a header. That I was a header, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, they've been poking away at, at Slatten in the whole build up to the game. I mean, the guy, that's what he does. And afterwards, he wasn't mincing his words then either.
9: Let, let's hear a little bit of his post game press conference. I approach every game the same. I. Uh come with a lot of confidence, a lot of belief and a lot of responsibility and, uh, and when I go out on the field I feel I have a lot of responsibility to help my teammates and especially to help them win and, uh, and today the outcome was, was perfect so another, another good game.
10: So you talked on Wednesday about the atmosphere a lot of heat. Uh, was there a lot of heat in the, in the building for this game?
9: I said uh, it depends on me how how the atmosphere will become and and i made it good today i think
3: have you ever had a time where you've said something where you put yourself out there and then thought oh my god i gotta practice up
9: every day no every day because i have a vision i have my confidence and i believe in myself people call it arrogant i call it confidence ignorant people call it arrogant intelligent people call it
7: Confidence. Since day one. And then since you day did one. Not
3: quite that
9: confident? Never. Since day one, but not only when I came to MLS, since I started to play football because I believe so much in myself and I have a bulletproof mind. And when I go out there, I know what I'm able to do. And I do it good. And I do it perfect. Please no, do not offend me. I don't need to prove nothing. Even if I don't score the goals today, and uh, I have a lot of respect for Vela. He's he a good player, but you did one mistake. You compare him with me. That was your biggest mistake.
1: <laughs> that was quality. I just had to put that in because oh, quality answers. I love the guy. He backs up. He he walks a walk. He talks the talk, and he backs it all up. That's the thing. It's like he is a fantastic player. They put a graphic up during the game comparing him and Vela. He's won 11 major trophies to Vela's zero yeah, exactly. in his career. And it's like he said some things in the build-up to the game that a lot of people in the States took offence at, because he was being disrespectful to MLS, basically, yeah. saying, comparing that he's a Ferrari and he's playing with fiat and when he came to to the galaxy he's used to having players on his level or near his level and he just hasn't had that here and which is just like a statement of fact yeah it's true so many folk took offense by it the truth hurts yeah now i'm I'm not someone that just shits all over mls as well because i do feel we are a a good quality league at at the top maybe take the white caps out of it but when you're watching some of these teams it isn't a retirement league there's some quality young players here. There's some really good South American players here. Yeah. And it is a good league, but you cannot compare it with the top leagues in Europe, no. the South American teams, anything like the that. The
2: thing is, pre-game, they were asking him, oh, uh, they, they were trying to say, oh, who's, like, Carlos Vela's having a fantastic year. Like, like is he the best player in MLS? And, and I don't, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing a lot. Ibrahimovic basically said, how old is Vela? He's uh, 29 or 30. When I was, he goes, when I was 29 30, I was in Europe. I was dominating Europe. He's in MLS. <laughs> that, and I think that's where yeah. a lot of people got offended too at and that it, part. Yeah, some, but some, it because someone tweeted true. that
1: going, well, where are you now? And it's like, yeah, he's 37. Yeah. And he's, and he's, and he's still <laughs> dominating. And he's won a lot of trophies. Yeah. <sighs> it, it's crazy how defensive people are in the States about about MLS. Well, because they have this mentality of we
4: are the best. Yeah. That there is, yeah.
2: Well, because they have every other sport they are the best. They, they, they can't handle the fact that there's one sport that they don't have the best what league about in. What
1: about ice
4: hockey? I heard, are they the best? Uh, well, no,
1: they they, have, they're,
2: they're playing in the best like like league. Oh, the best okay. league yeah, is in the base. That's North why America. the
1: World Series only involves American teams. Yeah. <laughs> the World Series. But it's Latin's comments about Ferrari and Fiat. It got, it got, it got me thinking. You did? Yeah, it's like... What kind of car would the Whitecaps be or certain Whitecaps players? More visuals for the show. <laughs> yes. <There's> a
2: <laughs> um, lot of, of gifts on
3: this yes.
1: one the, the obvious answer is a car wreck or a uh-huh. burning tire fire of a car, but we, we wanted to steer clear of that. We did get a lot of responses and so many of them, they were hilarious, but they YouTube were YouTube videos. YouTube videos, GIFs, memes, which is not great for reading out on the radio. We need to get pulled off at half time and more. But as I say, I have got a video camera now, so my dream of being pulled off on video is coming soon. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Oh, man. So the, our response is, go for it. Okay, well, Greg Petrie, first of all, said, look, now's not the time. right time to buy a new car. We get a much better deal near the end of the year when dealerships are clearing out old stock. So just be patient and wait. We haven't had time to pick up a consumer report yet either. Thanks for that, Greg. Lots of people had images of climb cars. Yes,
2: Glass City, Johnny Monster. Johnny Monster said a clown car that stopped being funny in 2011.
1: <laughs> Russell Beresford just had Mr Bean on top of his Mini. Yeah. Um, Lots of people mentioned a Trabant, which I, didn't, I don't know what that is, but I guess it was a really crappy old car.
2: I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, I, I immediately thought of things like Skoda and Lada, which were right. the Eastern European oh, well, cars. Well, uh, I think uh,
2: the Penguin. Um. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, the, the
1: w- oh oh Stefan Stefan yeah, yeah he
2: he he mentioned the Russian lot la- 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 la-
1: Ryan McLeod said geo a budget brand of vehicle that lasted about eight years before ownership threw in the tile Feels <laughs> similar to the white caps eight year on <laughs> an MLS Alex uh mentioned uh
2: oh, this man. well he mentioned a picture of a smart car on its hood I mean on its roof upside down he goes uh this smart car Limited going forward, decent at the back, hard to drive it when it's uh, completely off the road.
1: Michael Nicholas says the White Cats are at best a Pinto, Chevette, Gremlin, or a Yugo. I've heard of some of them. Not a car person, this is probably the wrong thing for me to have to right. out. Adam H said a Pontiac Fiero. Because you guys have different cars over here as well, because we have Shocking so many Vauxhalls. And yeah, I was Voxhull, like, if no yeah. Vauxhall here. I drove a lovely Purge. P- nah. I drove a lovely Peugeot. In the UK, but you don't have them over here either. No,
4: my favorite, my favorite car reference is Nick Nick Hornby's when he compared, um, was it like England national team versus the Brazil national team from I think it was a Vauxhall to a uh, like a Bentley or Rolls, Rolls Royce or something like
1: that. Uh, what, I want to read these two tweets from Adam H, who says the Pontiac Fiero. The Pontiac Fiero was an instant hit due to its styling and mid-engined layout. However, eventually garnered a negative reputation due to its poor performance, many reliability issues and a highly publicised recall due to engine fires. (laughs) GM's penchant for doing things in the cheap ruined what could have been a great car. The mid-engine Fiero looked great and instantly became one of the sensations of the 1984 model year until people realised those sexy, dent-resistant body panels had Chevette running gear. Uh, more R- about that. He seems to be a big fan of that.
2: Richard Howes uh, said a tuk-tuk, which I had to look up. It's actually one of those auto rickshaws that you yeah. see in India a lot. Oh. Uh, I, I've seen
1: a lot of. Yeah, it's uh, lots and lots of pictures St- of Stephen Clayton's.
2: Emery uh, 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 showed like uh, one of those uh, uh, those kind of carts that... Uh, well, it came from Austin Powers' movie where he got stuck in the hallway sideways. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, uh, It's hard to describe on the radio.
4: It's like a factory, like yes. uh, almost like a glass golf city. Car.
2: Obviously, another clown car, um, Talascar. Should just showed one from uh, one of your British shows. Of a
1: car yeah, Reliant one. Robin from Only Fools and Horses, which is a three-vehicle thing that was made of fiberglass. The only car crash I've ever had in my life was when I was learning and I was too cocky and I was like just showing off going into a parking spot and I hit a Reliant Robin that was parked in the space beside me. It just disintegrated.
2: My, my, my choice is the 2012 EMEA electric car because it's classified as being one of the slowest cars so you know it can't pass.
1: Oh. <sighs> Does it have problems in the final third of the as well? Probably fr- final third. Anyway, let's move on from that. Oh, man. We've heard from Zlatan. He was... He's he's not a bad player. He's maybe not going to go down as an all-time great in MLS because he's not going to be here for long. But he's an all-time great in general. Of course, when you're talking about goal scorers in MLS, the all-time great, no longer Landy Cakes, it is Chris Wondolowski, broke the all-time goal scoring record a, a few weeks ago. We've played him his press conference after that, but this was the first chance of me getting a chance to speak to him yesterday after that. So I had a chat with him about that and a couple of other things. So let's hear now from Chris Wondolowski. First thing to ask you, it seems a very happy locker room in there, lots of celebrating. Does it feel that you've got something special with this team right now?
10: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, to be honest, and not to be too cliche, but we felt it from day one. Things didn't, weren't really rolling our way, um, you know, we got off to a very poor start. But now, you know, the confidence is building. It's kind of snowballing in there. And uh, something that Coach Matias has always preached from day one is uh, enjoy the special moments that football brings to you. And, uh, you know, if you went on the road, enjoy it. It's done tomorrow. We're, we're back to work, and we always put in a hard week's work. But uh, enjoy enjoy today.
2: There weren't any sweeping changes in the offseason, player-wise. Um, he came in. He said he, he studied the team. He thought you could get a lot more. How important was that? That you know, you guys were still together, and you, he believed in the team that was set up right now.
10: Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's huge. You know, I think that it's is and it helps us. You know, we, we know each other. We know we know what our potential was. We didn't play up to it, and weren't doing the little things last year, and getting punished and rightfully so. And um, you know, I think we again with. Coach Matias and his uh, staff. He's able to iron out a lot of those details and uh, really give us an identity of who we want to be and how we want to play. And uh, I think you're starting to see it.
7: How would you just assess your team's play tonight overall?
10: Yeah, you know, I thought that uh was pretty good um, all over the field. You know, I think that we need to be a little bit more clinical in front of goal, um, you know, and be able to punish if, if we do get those opportunities. We had a couple pretty good looks that we weren't able to finish. Uh, it was nice to get that third one. That definitely helped. But, um, you know, I thought overall it was a pretty good night. It's our belief in the locker room. I mean, we went down against Galaxy 1-0 and, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. We, we're just going to be relentless from the start. we got to make sure we got to get off to better starts, um, you know, and not be – A little sleepy, Um, you know. To be fair, uh, Henry had a great finish on that one, and uh, you know, punished us and uh, did a great job.
1: Um, I haven't had a chance to speak to you since you you broke the record. Uh, Does it seem so long ago now that you broke that, or do you still look back at that? Do you watch the (laughs) the goals back?
10: Um, You know, it's uh, it's kind of funny. It's still like sinking in. Um, You know. it's one of those things where I think it's going to be more of when I'm done and get a look back on it and uh, tell my daughters and uh, grandkids that, uh, about it. And uh, that's when it's going to really be special. Uh, right now, I'm just enjoying playing right now. It's, uh, it's a fun locker room, as you guys kind of hear. It's, uh, we, we definitely enjoy it, enjoy ourselves, and uh, have a lot of fun right now. And um, I, don't know, I think that kind of see it with myself and uh, with the other guys. It's translated into our play as well.
1: Long live the king. Yeah, Chris Wondolowski. There,
10: I, I've all got
1: to say, like every time I've spoken to Wando, he has been fantastic to speak to. He's always happy to chat. He's all he always gives good answers, I and mean, he's he's a guy that's been fantastic for the league. And it's going to be interesting to see if he packs it in at the end of this season, or if he feels that he's got a little bit more left in his tank. One of the other questions I wanted to ask him, but the San Jose PR person. Every one we got, after they kept us waiting for 35 minutes, we were only allowed five questions with each person. So I had to pick and choose what we, what we could actually ask them. So you found San Jose's weak link. Yeah. But elsewhere around MLS West, we'll just quickly rattle through this. Houston took apart TFC, who oh, looked absolutely terrible. Wow. Vanny said the defending was ridiculous, just killer, completely inexcusable, and like the Keystone Cops. Which reminded me of when back in my fanzine days, we had two goalkeepers who were both equally dreadful at East Fife. And I did a, a cartoon thing about the Keystone Keepers. And then forgot I had that cartoon in the issue that I was then selling the players at a pre-season <laughs> game. And then obviously the players <laughs> find it and they're saying to the goalkeepers, hey, look at this, he's got you in the cartoon. And it's like, oh, shit. How did, they, how did that conversation go? Oh, we be? laughed. I said, like, oh, just, just a bit of fun. I'm just leaving now. Sporting KC's resurgent, cut short. That was a shocking yeah. one. Yeah, 2-0 result. home loss to Dallas. A couple of shocking ones. That's a surprise. Badge and Ferreira got goals either side of halftime for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Colorado took a six-minute lead at home to so NYCFC. So hopeful.
4: Where's Is Kai injured? What's the deal? I don't know. He was, like was like
1: in the 18. Mm. They lost 2-1 in the end. Not helped by the goal scorer, Sebastian Anderson, being sent off for a lunging tackle. It wasn't great. No. New York City had 78 possession on the road. It's like incredible. I think Tim was Tim Howard
2: taken out of the game. Too? Yes, he got yes, injured actually. before yeah, halftime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came yeah. off at the half. Yeah. yeah, he
1: got pulled off before halftime. Yeah, oh, was the, it before? Yeah, oh, I thought it was at the half. St- stoppage a minute into stoppage okay. time. Rapids were outshot 29 to 8 at home. They still managed 8 though, it's more than the Whitecaps caps would probably have done. Two of the informed teams in the West, Salt Lake. Whitecaps' next opponents Minnesota, played out a 1-0 draw. Both goals came in the second half. Now, the Caps are going to mini next week. They're a team that's unbeaten now in five. Four of them have been wins before yesterday's draw. How, how do you see next week going? Is that a game that just now try things?
4: Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's goal in that game came from their different maker, Quintero, again. With a header mm-hmm. of all things, the dude's like really, really,
2: and a guy small. who was they didn't pay that much for.
1: Yeah, Zlatan. I didn't include that in the audio that we played with him. Was going on about I never scored headers before I came to MLS. Now nah, I'm scoring headers <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I, I, I uh, and and
4: I know sometimes you pick on our our old friend Boxy, but but, yeah. ne, but playing next to Opara has been per, very yeah. helpful.
1: Minnesota's looked a a good team this year. Yeah. So Parra's better than demerit. I would say so. Tonight, of course, saw the Cascadian Derby. Well, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see before the it. show. That was another... Well, this was an enjoyable Cascadian Derby. Unlike the three boring games yes. the Whitecats have played against Cascadian teams this year. It wasn't non-stop action. The second half dipped quite considerably, I thought. But that was a good game. And the two goals in the space of a minute... You had Seattle celebrating tying it up and then difference maker.
4: Right away. Brian, Brian Fernandez. Fernandez. Both goals. Yeah. A brace.
1: Again, you spend money on a player and it works out.
4: M- Vancouver now is a Cascadia Cup finale in Portland. I know. but you're
1: going down to on behalf of AFTN. Repres- I'm not represent. making the trip. Yep. Oh, that's confirmed? Both uh, we'll sort of out. <laughs> I, I definitely can't be going. So I, I might change my mind at the last minute and drive down, but I think it's highly unlikely right now. But I mean, that that... That game had passion, hatred, and the afters at the final whistle were fantastic. Roman Torres is a, a piece of work. And oh, yeah, after, yeah. Yeah, was a- there was a few little boots left in in the closing minutes and stuff as well. It was into the 101st minute by the time that it ended up
4: finishing as Some excellent as well. Canadian officiating. Oh,
1: also some fantastic time-wasting and stoppage time when the board went up for a Portland substitute. And, oh, sorry, we've got the wrong number up. Yeah. Oh no! So this is the wrong number as well. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, this is the right number this time. Three different numbers they put up. That, that was quality. <laughs> Drew I, Fisher I was there. officiating, and there were yeah. some tackles. He there. he lost yeah. that game. There were
4: some tackles. We're just like, how can you not? How can you give nothing for that? Yeah.
1: But the standings after this weekend in the West: see the Caps still firmly rooted at the bottom, level on points with Colorado, but worse off in every other category. That would be a tiebreaker against them. Plus the Rapids have. Two games in hand on the Whitecaps, as a lot of teams do, that's above them right now. Ten points off the playoff places. Don't really need to look at that anymore. Feels like we're cut adrift with no lifeboats or view of land. Remember Paul Barber made that infamously hilarious comment that the Whitecaps would be a top 25 <laughs> club in the world? I don't even think we're top 25 in MLS right now, and there's only 24 teams in the league. Yeah, That's how bad it is. That's how bad it got. Yeah. Well, think of the draft picks we're going to get. It's going to be great. And
2: don't forget the, <laughs> the Gamma Oh, Yeah, we'll get more ta- of well, that too. It won't we're take bottom. much
1: to turn this team around. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting run-in for every other team, not us. Let's see if we can make a difference or if anyone's going to care in Vancouver about it. We'll cover it anyway, and we'll be back with some Canadian Championship chat after this.
0: Hi, I'm Johnny Russell, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Army down in the park from their 1979 dystopian science fiction themed album Replicas. It's a great album, highly recommend it. It's about a land where androids have come down, and they've taken over the world, they control the population there's rape machines to keep people in check and oh, great... What now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's dystopian if to let things go in dystopia Philip K. Dick, is all kind of based around his work and stuff this is worse than wrestling, dog. Oh. Well, I've got that coming up. Anyway, you're back listening to part four of the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. I half-joked at the start of the show it was our six-hour extravaganza. Oh, We're slightly overrunning. I don't know how that happened. We do get better content and we fill our shows packed when the Cats are playing poorly. So, let's hope they continue. I don't mean. Back in 1979, when that album came out from Tubi Army, there were three Canadian teams in the NASL, just like there's three today. But back then, it was Toronto Blizzard, Edmonton Drillers, and Vancouver Whitecaps. There was a few other Canadian teams that had played in the NASL during their their era. One of them was Calgary Boomers. They only played one season in 1981 after making the move from Memphis, and then basically they, they packed up after that. Can Calgary host top flight football again? They are, <laughs> right now. You think C- don't Perel's make level jokes. With don't make is? jokes like that. It's the Canadian. It's the top league in Canada. Well, one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about the first leg that was at in, in Calgary of the Canadian Championship, the, the day of the game, the, the preview in the Sun, the Calgary Sun. It's just a throwaway line, and I haven't had a chance to look more into it, but there's apparently a group of businessmen in Calgary that are wanting to bring an MLS team to Calgary by 2026. Part from the fact there's no way MLS are going to let in more Canadian teams anyway, nope, surely there's no way the CPL would authorise another Canadian CSA, team. CSA, you mean? CSA? Oh, yes. Yeah. Same. same thing, is it not? No. Yeah, but yeah, surely Canada Soccer would not grant any team into to MLS. No, no, no there's
2: no chance. And like you said, in the first place MLS is, is I think they would rather have less Canadian teams at this point than because there's more money for them to make it if there wasn't any teams in, in, in America.
1: I I also genuinely I'm not sure that there's an appetite in the city that would support an MLS team in the numbers it would need. Cavalry for a number of reasons have had mixed attendance. Best team in the league, but it's a long way to get there if you're from downtown Calgary yeah. or, the, or the outskirts in the north or northeast or northwest of, of, of the of the city. There's a lot of construction going on just now, which has caused delays. Is the pipeline? I don't think so. Okay, no. It's a ring road. <laughs> it's a ring road, which my GPS had not been updated for. So <laughs> when I was driving home, did not exist on my GPS, and I was driving on water lakes <laughs> and I don't know what in pitch black and I'm like I have no idea where I am what did you press like the direction button so they talked to you out loud and like, no I, I it was just turn now turn now so I don't know where you are good luck <laughs> get get on with it so I just drove until I saw something that said north I was like I'm north and eventually found my way home 20 minutes more than it should have done but the crowd today for their, their game against York wasn't great they got well, the best it was, crowd it was, it was against York yeah Best crowd of the the season was against the Whitecaps in in that first leg. And we talked a little bit about that first leg last week. I feel Cavalry should have come away from that game with a, a couple of goals lead. They definitely had the chances in the closing stages. Second leg is now coming up on Wednesday and it's a massive, massive game for both teams. Cavalry can make history. They've nothing at all to lose. The Whitecaps need this win. They have to get through. Mark DeSantis is targeting, lifting the trophy, never mind just making it through this round. And I just want to play a little bit of audio from what Mark DeSantis said after the first leg, just about cavalry and what he's expecting in the second leg. Cavalry started strong, they finished strong. Apart from that, the Whitecaps seem to dominate possession, control the game, but you just seem to be lacking something in the final third again. Yes, it's, it's not
8: gonna change until we, we better that part of the field, you know, uh, and we're aware of that and we're, we're, we're acting uh, to, to improve that. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, I think um, that overall there was that possession and that control in those between uh, the first 10 minutes and the last maybe 12 minutes. Um, but yes, there's there was a lack of uh, being more dangerous in the last
7: third. I agree with you It's Your first chance seeing this setup here and what did you think as a visiting team? Does that bring you up to when you hear the crowd behind the home team as a visitors? Do you also get a charge out of this atmosphere that you heard here today?
8: Well, yeah, I wanted to start with that before answering my first question uh, because I, uh, I Have to say that I was really impressed. Uh, I want to congratulate everybody in Calgary for this, uh, they have to be proud, it's something that I believe could, could grow even more, incredible, apart from the grass that was not at a standard of a professional game, all the rest was, was absolutely fantastic, the crowd, the environment, the setup, uh, I even said coming up here, if I would buy season tickets it would be right there, it looks like a great spot. Uh, yes, congratulations to Calgary, congratulations to what they, they did in here in the club, and they have to be proud of it, and a great step and a great move for Canadian soccer.
1: Uh, I actually wanted to ask Maxime as well just about the pitch. What was it like for a, a keeper out there? Marco Carducci obviously knows how to play this pitch, he can get down to balls. Did it take you quite a few minutes to get used to the bounces on the pitch?
6: Oh, no. Um, uh, it took me maybe two minutes in the warm-up just to scout both, both 18, see how it looked like. Um, I tripped once to get back in my net just because of the of the bumpiness, but it's okay, you know. It's part of the game, and uh, we, we both teams deal with it, you know. There's no excuse, uh, even if they're... Uh, were some mistakes made today because of the condition of the pitch. We have to deal with it and uh, move on from that. But um, we're professionals, we just need to adapt.
1: Uh, Mark, you talked about this in the, the run-up to the game, how important this tournament is to you personally. You put a really strong team out there tonight. What does this tournament mean to you on a personal basis?
8: Because I'm from, I'm born in Montreal. I'm Canadian and I want to respect uh, I think that this allows the game to grow in Canada. And uh, as a coach, if I throw out there uh, players that seem just so oh, let's play our kids from the academy or things like that, it's not fair for uh, the fans that were here today. Uh, it was, it would not be fair for the, the opponent, for the coaches. Uh, and we have to take this tournament seriously. I I also saw the, the lineup of Montreal, uh, maybe apart from uh, the opt uh, that played the, the majority of the players on the field are players that that start a lot of times for for them also. So I'm proud also. I'm happy that Montreal also uh, looks to take this tournament uh, seriously, and I think that's what needs to happen if the if uh, this competition is gonna grow and if the game's gonna grow in Canada.
0: So Mark. After a fairly slow first half, we saw a real offensive outburst from both teams in the second. It almost seemed to come down to a battle of the goalkeepers. Could we just get your thoughts on Maxime's play and what we saw from the former member of the club in Carducci?
8: Yeah, I spoke uh, enough about Max, you know, and um, I think your question is, is good, but I, I know Max since he's 15. Uh, he was a supporter of the Montreal Impact, and he was yelling stuff at me back then. And now he's here with me, and I, uh, I said enough about him. I think he's, he's a keeper that has still a huge mar- margin to progress, uh, could become the number one of the country, and uh, is a player with a, a lot of ability. Uh, and now we have the, the luxury, and I have the luxury as a coach, to have another goalkeeper called Zach McMath that is always answering in the right way when we need him. Uh, I think what made uh, the game dangerous was uh, that we tried in our actions uh, in the last third to to find solutions. So there's a shot from Jordi from outside the box. There's a very good counterattack that PC took it very well with his right foot. And where Calgary made it very tough for us is every set play situation, corner kick, the throw-in. Uh, the throw-in is is almost better than a cross, uh, so that, that those actions, one after the other, uh, I have also to, to highlight our defenders that I think they played also a lot of balls in those areas. So it's a good first leg, I told the guys this is four parts of, uh, of, uh, of the two leg affair. The, the first two were played here, it's done, and the next ones are going to be in Vancouver. I think they're very dangerous in their direct play. Uh, it's a team that I I, I I didn't see that much in possession because I, I think the field didn't allow the two teams to to be more secure with the ball. But I thought that in the, their direct play, in their in their defending as a unit, uh, in their commitment, um, it, it, they were great at that, and we knew that before coming in, uh, in in uh, Games like that, cup games all over the world, you always have the team that is so-called the second division team playing the game of their life against the team that looks like they're they're the highest ones. Uh, that's normal, but I thought that all the setup here, all the setup, the organization, the fans, the, the, the fan experience even that is close to the field, the, the energy that they brought was very positive and, and I have to to highlight that and congratulate them for that.
1: Mardis Santos there, talking about Cavalry FC. It's going to be a tough game on Wednesday night. I I think a lot of people, they're saying, oh, the Whitecaps are going to be too strong for a CPL side. They're going to win comfortably, 3-0, 4-0. They should win. It would be a a surprise in a lot of ways if they don't win. I just don't see where these goals are going to all of a sudden be coming from. That's the thing that that I'm thinking. Goals? Think Multiple oh yeah, goals? I think it's going to be a tight game and I genuinely can see Cavalry scoring Yeah, and with their way goal rule in effect, they get a goal, even if they're 1-0 down they're still ahead in the tie than if they tie it up
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know I I do, like, you, you could say oh where's the goals coming from the Whitecaps but the the Whitecaps against the uh, Cavalry's attack is, is going to be superior, like they have a better defence to handle that, they Cavalry's attack is nothing like an MLS attack at this point. No, but their so, defense is good. Yes. So, like, I, I do agree with you, it's going to be tight. I don't know if Cavalry has a goal in them, uh, but the, I agree with you that if they do get that goal, I think I think that'll just shatter anything the Whitecaps yeah. have. I think that's over at that point. Cav- I I feel it's like first goal wins in this game. <laughs> Whoever scores be. versus, that's it, it's done. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the, a
4: fair show. Yeah.
1: The, the thing is, Tommy Fielden's got a kind of dilemma as to how to approach this because they could go out all guns blazing like they did in the first leg and if they do get that first goal Steve says that is just going to shatter the Whitecaps because they're going to need to score two at least depending on what Cavalry then do because they'll obviously then leave gaps at the back he could sit back and play cagey and still go go goal down and then take it to the Whitecaps the pitch was a bit of a leveller in the first leg it, it wasn't great but both teams had to play in it And Cavalry are strong at set pieces. Their defence is strong as well, and they've had a number of clean sheets this year. Marco Carducci's been in outstanding form. Now, anyone that's read AFTN will have hopefully read the great stuff that Scott Strasser does for us out there in Calgary, covering Cavalry and also foothills as well. And I got a chance to to speak with Scott on the, the phone today just about... Cavalry season, what threat he feels are going to pose to the Whitecaps, who the standout players are be, and a lot more beside. Here's Scott Strasser. So we're joined now by Scott Strasser, AFTN's writer from Calgary, who covers Cavalry AFC and foothills for AFTN. Thanks for, for joining us this evening, Scott. Oh,
7: thanks for having me.
1: So, big game coming up on Wednesday and it's a game now that's got a lot of added pressure for the Whitecaps. It was going to be pressure anyway, going against the the best team in the Canadian Premier League. But now Whitecaps, in a bit of a slump, haven't won an MLS game for five matches. Drew 0-0 in Calgary in that first leg. From being around Cavalry in, in the last couple of days and weeks... What do you feel the mood is around the team heading into this game? They must really fancy their chances of pulling off the shock.
7: Yeah, I think they do. Uh, They're probably feeling pretty stress-free at the moment. Uh, That's something that that Tommy said after the press conference from that 0-0 draw was that, you know, as the team that's expected to lose, the uh, pressure is kind of off of them to, to go out and just, they can go and play with some freedom at BC Place. And I think there were some jitters in the the first half of that first leg but the way that Cavalry ended the game that would have been great for their confidence because now they know that they can compete with an MLS team and they can go toe-to-toe and that coupled with yeah like you said the the kind of struggles that uh, Whitecaps have have been undergoing recently I think they're maybe not feeling confident but they're feeling very little stress.
1: Yeah, the, the first leg, that they put in such a good showing, probably unlucky not to come away with at least one or two goal lead, But with the away goal rule, in effect, in this tie, it's going to be interesting to see how Tommy Fielding really approaches the game. Because even if they go a goal down, they're still very much in this. And then sneaking a goal puts my head in the tie. Do, do you see Cavalry sitting back a little bit in this and seeing what the Whitecaps throw at them? Or are they going to come... Come out all guns blazing and try and get that away goal from the off.
7: I, I do think they will come out uh, full guns blazing. And um, there's, like Tommy said, there's not any pressure on them. So uh, even if they are a little vulnerable at the back because they they pour men forward, like you said, uh, a goal for Whitecaps. All it takes is one goal for Cavalry, and they're right back in it. And lately, they've. I mean, their their best formation is, in my opinion, either a three four one two or a four three three. And in either case, like there's there's opportunities to, you know, get players forward and, and get balls in the box. So that's how I expect them to to line up. And I think I think every key player is fit at the moment, so it should be their their best eleven.
1: It's definitely gonna be an interesting matchup because the the White Caps should have their best eleven out as well, although it's arguable who that best eleven is right now the way that they've been playing. Now Anyone that's read your stuff on, on AFTN this year will have a, a good understanding of what Cavalry is is going to be bringing to the table. But for anyone listening that's unfamiliar with the Cavs, who are the players that's kind of stood out and impressed you so far this season?
7: There's been four or five, and and I did write a story about uh, the players I thought have have kind of shined for Cavalry. Actually, quite a few locals. Marco Carducci and Net is definitely one uh, who's. He's been very, very strong for the Cavs. He has uh, six clean sheets this season, which is the league high in the CPL. And his uh, his saves have really salvaged a couple of wins for Cavalry in the CPL a few times. And he also got the clean sheet against the Whitecaps. Center back Dominic Zator. he's from Calgary. He's also been very solid. He is great. He has physicality, so he's great in the air. He doesn't lose a lot of headers. And he also is very clean... He's a very clean tackler, and he hasn't even received a yellow yet. Um, but he's also very, like, just comfortable on the ball, and he's good at short passes to his midfielders, or he's also pretty good at, at just, you know, pinging the ball into the channels for the wingers or the, or the forwards. Other players, Julian Boucher, he's an international player in the midfield. He's from Germany. He actually has some MLS experience. He was with D.C. United for a while, and... Uh, Just a very good box-to-box player, Uh, good at tackling, good at passing. He's also typically the one who takes dead balls for cavalry. And we've seen how strong cavalry can be from the set pieces. So uh, he's one who's impressed me. But the player who has probably most impressed me is uh, the right-winger Nico Pasquati. He's from Lethbridge. Uh, He played with Foothills last season and I think the season before, but this is his first year as a pro. And he's just come out full guns blazing. He didn't start the first few games, but uh, he's been pretty much starting since Cavalry's third game. And he's just very energetic, very resilient, constantly hounding fullbacks. And uh, when he does have the ball, he's just always able to get to the byline and whip in a cross or a layoff. So those four definitely um, have been the players so far who have probably caught my eye and most
1: cavalry fans' eyes. Interesting you talking about Zator not picking up a yellow card because watched him play for Whitecaps too and saw him sent off. He did pick up a few yellows there, but guys like him and Carducci obviously going to be very up against playing against their, their former team. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark DeSantis was asked after that first leg I think by, by yourself actually uh, just about the, the quality of CPL players and was there any that interested him? And since then, a, a player that's kind of... He's been mentioned on Twitter more than anything that's been maybe linked with the Whitecaps is Sergio Camargo. And, I mean, is he a guy... I know he's had a little bit of experience in, in the higher level before, but is he a guy that you feel could go on a, and play at the higher level? Uh,
7: yeah, I think so. He's He's been on fire for the last month. Uh, the first half dozen games of the season, uh, he was he was really cold. He he didn't score. He missed a couple of easy chances, uh, but he got his first goal. I think it was against Forge in the Canadian Championship on June twelfth. And since then, he's just you know he's been a lot more confident. He's put the ball in the back of the net. I think five or six times, five in the league and once in the in the cup. And um, he's just been you know he's been really on fire since since then. So, yeah, I wasn't too surprised to hear that he was one of the players who has uh, been linked to, to the Caps. He, he was with Toronto FC, too, so he's probably used to an MLS setup. And um, in terms of his, his attributes, he's kind of like a traditional number 10, in my opinion. He's good at setting up plays, he's good at collecting the ball deep and kind of starting the attack. Most of his goals have been, I think, one-timers, so he's okay at getting on the end of a, of a ball into the box. Uh, yeah, I think there there are a few areas he could definitely improve. Uh, his dribbling 1v1 hasn't been as impressive as, as maybe I thought it would be, but uh, overall I think he's he's been one of the Cavalry's top players in the last month.
1: And it's a situation, I'm pretty sure Tommy, he knows players are going to move on, but he's not not really going to want anyone to move on before the end of the season. Because cavalry, they've been the class act of the CPL. I mean, it's been clear from the off; they've they've looked a better team. You don't want to say they they walked away with the spring season, but it it did seem fairly comfortable for them. What do you feel has been behind that success? A lot is obviously down to chemistry. The guys know each other. Tommy had them at, at foothills before, but it can't just be that. What what else has has brought the success that they've had so far?
7: I, this was another article I wrote for, for AFTN. Um, five reasons cavalry kept winning, and, and I wrote it when they were still, I think, undefeated. They were seven and0 at the time. Um, but a lot of those reasons still kind of ring true. Uh, defensive stability has been very big. Carducci has, uh, like I said, six clean sheets in the league. So the goalkeeping has been excellent, and uh, the defenders in front of them have done a great job of just shutting up shop. Uh, Along with Zator, there's also Mason Trafford, who's very experienced, and Jonathan Wielden, who uh, is, of course, Tommy's br- younger brother. He brings a lot of experience, and um, he's also a coach himself. So it's like having a second coach out there. And then Joel Waterman has played a lot. And, yeah, no, defense has been very important. Uh, they haven't conceded many goals. Um, other than defense, though, set pieces have been a boon for Cavalry, uh, very strong off-the-set pieces. A lot of their earlier wins were, were pretty much down to a goal off the goal off-the-set piece. Uh, other than that, they did have a lot of home-field advantage at the start of the season, which helped. Uh, Spruce Meadows has been a fortress, and I think those three are very key reasons.
1: Now, they've wrapped up the spring season. They know that they're going to be in the championship game. It, some folk have said it might be a bit hard to... To keep that intensity going and, and kind of get get motivated a little bit for the second half, I can't see that at all. I've known Tommy Fielding for a couple of years now, and he's a guy that likes to win, and he's not going to let them take their foot off the gas. C- can they keep this intensity going? Do you feel?
7: Uh, well, it, it's pretty early to say. They they have started the um, fall season very well, two and zero as as we speak. Of course, yeah. they have a game today. But uh, Tommy has, and every player who's been asked about that, has, has said that they have no intention of taking their foot off the gas. And they do seem very sincere when they say that. So I think we'll have to wait and see. Um, but, I, of course, with that, uh, you know, birth in the Canadian Premier League Championship already secured, it is going to be hard to kind of keep that motivation going. And, and it will be a challenge, I think. And especially with, you know, they. they have a good shot of progressing in the in the cup, you almost hope that they'll take
1: that just as seriously as the league. Yeah, I, I think they will. I mean, I think they know what's at stake on Wednesday and they've got a chance of making history of being the first CPL team to knock out an MLS team. Mm-hmm. A- another motivation, obviously, this year, and it's not really been talked about much, at least not on the record, is that the fact that Cavalry is the class act, but they couldn't get that Champions League spot that kicks off this month and the three teams that registered first got all the favours and they got the bye in the first round of the Canadian Championship and Forge are now going to be playing in the in the CCL qualifying. Has that been mentioned even just amongst the players or is that a motivation to spur them on to basically say, look, we're going to show you that you've made a mistake here, this should be us?
7: Yeah, I, th- I think your last point is exactly what uh, what their motivation is. At the beginning of the season, Tommy was, I think, asked about that, and, and there's a story on the CPL website, and he said he honestly didn't mind starting in, in the first round of the Can Champ, and uh, I think it's worked out in, in that it gave some of their fringe players some valuable minutes at the start of the season, but especially against Pacific. haven't asked uh, Tommy about that, but... Uh, I, I think, of course, they would feel that, yeah, they do deserve to, to be in that, in that competition, and, and they've kind of earned it. So uh, we'll have to have to wait and see then how how things are going to work in the future with regards to to making that tournament, and, and if Cavalry can do that in, in future years, because certainly they might have felt slighted after uh, the way they did it this year.
1: And just last thing, i put you on the spot a little bit. Do, do you see Cavalry... To, to land both championships but also to, to win the, the big one come the, the end of the year or is the danger they might run out of a little bit of steam and then someone else might just be hot at the right time? Uh, that
7: is definitely possible. Um, I do feel though that a lot of the teams in the CPL have started to find their stride. Uh, York has had a very positive start to the fall season and uh, Forge is still, you know, Forge, they, they were they were the yeah. second best team in the in the spring, uh, but I do expect it to be kind of a two-horse race between Cavalry and Forge uh, for the overall CPL title. With regards to the Cup, uh, that's I think that would be a very impressive task if, if Cavalry was able to win that. There's still, of course, Toronto FC, so very tough opponents still to come in that tournament if they surpass Vancouver, but I do feel that... Uh, Cavalry are the clear favourites for uh, winning the CPL in an see season
1: well we we'll look forward to, to keeping an eye on that and nice chatting to you today Scott we'll talk to you soon and yeah enjoy the, the upcoming weeks with a, a good team to watch
9: yeah for sure thanks for having me again but it's very cold out here in the snow marching tune from the enemy oh I say it's tough I have had enough can you the Cavalry
1: That was Scott Strasser there talking about all things Cavalry FC. Cavalry waltzed the spring season title. They're joint top just now in the fall season, but they've only like played a, three games. It's more like a trot. was <laughs> Very much of a trot. As I said, the defence is strong. They only gave up seven goals in ten games in that spring season. Only two so far in the fall season. Seven of those goals, well, three of those goals came late on in the match that meant nothing with Pacific FC. From what you've seen from Cavalry this season and just bearing in mind where the Whitecaps are just now, do you think Cavalry can pull off the shock? How do you think Wednesday's going to go? I think they do have a
2: chance, but I don't think it's as good a chance as people are giving them. Like it's 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 not a done deal.
1: I do remember last week when we said the White Caps were going to get hammered by New England and Sporting you're like they're not that good
2: those yeah, teams. Yeah, I still don't think those teams are that good. I think the White Caps are just like fragile and they just they collapse and that's the, that's what we're talking about here. That was the what yeah. was
1: going to have as the opening for this. Yeah.
2: Week. The Cavalry if if they uh if if they 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 turn it on all of a sudden yeah, they can, but they're playing against team uh, a team that they haven't... They played against last week, but they haven't played on the road or anything like that. So it's a totally different thing. I do, like like we said before, if Cavalry scores first, I think the Whitecaps are done. Yeah. And that, that's what happened every time they've been scored against. And the previous games, as soon as they're scored against, they just lo- lose it. Heads down, like you said before, and yeah. it's just... It's, there's no coming back from it.
1: I think the Caps... Are going to sneak through 2 1. I definitely see Cavalry scoring, but it's when that goal comes. If the White Cats get the first goal, I think they'll go on and win it. If Cavalry get it, this is going to be a tight, tight game. I don't think, with the mood of the fan base, or at least the vocal ones on social media, a defeat is just going to be killer. Yeah. And the atmosphere of the
2: rest of well, year no, cause the year is just going to be the season's done. The only thing they have to play for right now yeah. is the Voyagers Cup. So if they don't, they don't get the, like. I could have delayed the gravestone for one more until, until after this game, <laughs> yeah. really, if I wanted to. Yeah, because the season's alive. Season's still alive. If they do so, I'll make it. I'll, I'll part the gravestone back up with a zombie <laughs> hand coming out of there. So.
1: <laughs> I'll bring my bat that you got me from Negan. Zach, yeah. score prediction for I, Wednesday? I think
4: it's like a
1: 1-0 or 1-1. Mm. There's been a number of CPL they, players they that have been Clearly no pressed.
2: idea. Like, I, I'm assuming Calvary on both sides, Right
4: cavalry 1-0 i don't know who it's gonna be 1-0 or 1-1 1-1, yeah, 1-1 means
2: cavalry wins yeah yeah, yeah. So, so you're either going to or it's gonna be 1-0
1: i'm <laughs> gonna bring out uh an extra podcast hopefully on tuesday afternoon tuesday night so all the subscribers will get that and we'll we'll have some more stuff about the game in there there's been a number of cpl players though that have impressed this season marco carducci being one of them as the cavalry goalkeeper you could see a few of them maybe making the move up to the, the higher level, if you do class MLS as the higher level, which I feel you have to right now. Mardis Santos was asked a question about that in that first leg, after that first leg by Scott Strasser. Let's just hear a little bit of what he had to say on that.
7: The, the CPL is a great place for these players to play who have maybe been with an MLS team before but couldn't quite crack it. It's like a second shot at a professional career and uh, of course some of the Cavalry players were with the white caps in, in previous years, whether the residency or the reserve team. Uh, were there maybe any, any t- players on Cavalry who you could see potentially tracking an MLS team or, or maybe even yeah. strengthening yeah. the
8: white caps? Of course. Uh, I don't
7: want to name names because
8: then it could, sc- sorry, screw up things. But of course, of course, and this happens, it's important that people know that this happens in football. You, it's normal that maybe a player is not with your club and got released and then years after shows up and now he's with your club. And this happens all the time in the world. Um, Look at the example of Pogba, he was at Manchester United free. And years after they they had to buy him for 100 million euros it was free there, you know, it's a mistake because then it costed you 100 million euros. I don't think no player from the CPL is going to cost 100 million euros. I'm not delusional, but these things happen in soccer and it's important that you track. It's important as a club that you have the, the humility to recognize sometimes if a player leaves and grows that he could always come back. And of course that a league like that allows you to, to see the evolution of these players.
1: Interesting stuff from MDS there. He's clearly paying a close attention to the CPL. Sergio Camargo is a, a name that has been linked with the White Cats, as we talked about in our chat with Scott Strasser earlier. Another player that you have to feel is going to have interest from from teams in MLS or USL or wherever is Forges Tristan Borges, who is leading the scoring in the CPL. Scored now against every other team. That's a nice little little stat that he has against his name is he not tied for the lead in goal scoring with Taron Campbell oh I was going to oh, mention Taron Campbell he's maybe tied now he, he was in tied. the lead before yeah, yeah they had, he had a, a race this past weekend I mean they're two players that have really stood out you could see them getting a shot Tristan Borges was involved with Toronto before at yeah. TFC2 and stuff if the Caps do want to make a move for a player say Sergio Camargo does interest them? yeah you can't see Tommy Fielding really wanting to let players go now. He's kind of going to want to keep them to the end of the season. And in a them. lot of ways, there's no way... that's not really worth the White Caps bringing him in now either. No, Just let him continue where he is. But that could be a move that the White Caps are looking to make.
2: Yeah, an off-season. And I think, like you said, another player that could be like Taron Campbell. A striker... Yeah. If he saw his two goals this weekend, mm-hmm. he was able to get into a good spot in the box, make himself free, know when to actually break through and get... The, because he looked offside on the second goal, yeah. I think it was, and he, but he wasn't. He actually made it a good run and picked the ball off at the right time.
1: He, he's been a guy, though, that is inconsistent as as well. And it's hard to be inconsistent when you're leading the league in scoring. You should see some of the other games. He has not had a. He's he's been patchy. He says, he's no, that's, he's in that's, good that's form, a striker, though, The strikers are normally like that. They, yeah.
2: They're going to they're they're show their value when they Blasco's score. He's got five seven.
1: goals now, and he's been patchy he, as well. He's
4: put. He, but, uh, but yeah, Campbell though, he's like. Not to, sometimes I don't like this phrase, but he he's always his finishing might be patchy, but he feels like he always puts in a shift. For oh the no, time. he does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was interesting though that MDS said they are He kind of said sometimes you have a player and you let him go and then you see that he's more quality and you have to bring him back and it costs you more to get him back. So you have to look at some of the ex-whitecaps in the league and think, oh, I wonder who that might be. And Dominic Zator could be one of them because he has been outstanding in the back for Cavalry. Centre-back is definitely a position that maybe needs a little bit of strengthening.
2: Yeah, and the, the, another player, um, I know he has got hurt yesterday, Like th- two other players got hurt in the Pacific yeah. FC game. Uh, Kaden Chung, uh, yeah, wouldn't you have love to, have to see where he is uh, as a right back? Because I th- I think he's been playing really well. And uh, Verhoven, another player who's kind of really pushing. Which one? A, Which one? Uh, Noah. Noah. Uh, he's he's really yeah. playing really well for Pacific as well. I know Pacific has been struggling to get goals. I mean, g- get yeah.
1: wins. This, and they got a good win remember, yesterday.
2: They're a, they're a very young team. They are. They're the su- the most young, the youngest team on the in the league. And they've been probably dealing with the most injuries on the young oh, their team. Injuries with all their injuries have been
1: incredible. To, lo- to have the injuries they've had and then to lose three players in a, in a game, game to injury yeah. by the hour mark like yeah. they did yesterday they- and still get the win. One I mean- of the
4: one of the encouraging things that I always hear when I talk to people at Pacific is just that, yeah, they're obviously disappointed at uh, the results, how the results overall have gone. But they're really proud of how they have been developing players yeah, for for specifically for Canada, right? Like for like for our nation as a whole, um, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of positive things happening on Vancouver Island.
1: There is, but you have to you have to weigh up development and winning, and it's like Cavalry have a winning mentality, and Tommy fielden has instilled that in all his team from their foothill days. Yeah.
2: yeah, but that again, that's a team that's been together for a while now. Totally, Pacific P- FC has been put together this yeah. year in the long run it could be those two teams could be very close to each other
1: and we don't know what effect having a veteran like Marcel De Jong would have yeah. had on the team the or Idris, Marcus Haber a Marcus or a, Haber. a star or, like you were the, yeah the, the, the and it's guy. like if he hasn't maybe lived up to sure, what he's he German, you're but hoping he, for.
2: he's gonna have some
1: effect Boot, on the star, team right? staro? staro. yeah anyway we will be back with the final part of our show after this
0: hi my name's Simon Coline and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show
3: yesterday All my troubles seem so far away Now it seems as though they're here to stay Oh, yesterday came suddenly Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be there's a shadow hanging over me oh,
1: came welcome back to the AFTN soccer show on CITR radio 101.9 FM that took the mood down a little bit there Steve that's a good movie though yesterday. I said oh. oh, that's from the I haven't Uzi seen it yet. Is, is it good? It's good. Oh. Have you seen it? No. Steve, it's well worth I don't it. it
2: at this, I don't go got this. At I I don't don't go at this at did you watch it with Sandeep? No, I think I watched it on my own. Yeah, I watched it on my own. <laughs> the thing is, it's a good movie, especially the beginning. It kind of like sa- like goes kind of
1: awry in the second half, but it's really good to start yeah. off
2: with. Spoiler
1: alert, you, become really famous and sell a lot of records. The,
2: the, the, you, uh, but if you're a Beatles fan and you love Beatles songs, it's really fun, especially when they're, they're doing the performances and stuff like that. It's really fun.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll wait till it's on TV or something. I don't like going to the cinema cuz there's people there and they just annoy me.
3: Why?
2: Yeah, but you could go daytime and during the middle middle of the week and it's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah, just it's it's Tuesday. And you go Tuesday,
4: Michael. And they made Tuesdays for you. it's
1: cheaper.
2: And if you go mm. if you go uh last second you can cuz you can reserve seating now. You can find out where everybody's sitting and you can yeah. sit away right from everybody.
1: Which brings us now to this week's wavelength. And you'll be glad to know it's just a short wavelength. It's just over a minute. And people that are big fans of our jam segment, they maybe like the music. What's your favourite jam? That's by a man called Ivor Cutler. And so is this week's Wavelength with a song called Pass the Ball, Jim.
9: Pass the ball, Jim Take it to me And I will scroll where is the ball, girl? right by your feet, where did you say, right by your feet, thanks Bill, over to you. Thanks for the ball, Jim, watch me score. Bill, your laces undone, you're sure to trip as you run. Just as I thought, Bill, you're flat on your face I'd better take your place Although I'm not an ace, I've scored a goal Give me a kiss, Bill, we've won the Cup
1: Ivor Cutler there. Maybe we should get him to, to play for the Whitecaps on Wednesday. Help the Whitecaps lift the cup. He is dead, but I think he could do a better shift than maybe Joaquin RDS. But who knows? Just just keeping the Scottish flavour for a second, before we get to BC Soccer Bowl headlines, I have to talk about a game I watched on Thursday. It was fantastic. Kilmarnock versus Connor Quay Nomads, a Welsh team, in the first round of the Europa League. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. And it was tremendous. The game wasn't broadcast on TV. So there's a well-known Kilmarnock fan. I won't explain why he's well-known. But he's a (laughs) well-known Kilmarnock fan. He streamed the whole match on his phone from his seat in the stadium just so people that went at the ground could watch the game. So I watched it. It was like being in the crowd. There's so much swearing. You could not have watched this at work. And Kilmarnock won the first leg in Wales 2-1. So there are two goals up in the tie, two away goals. Heavy favourites to beat this Welsh minnow. Conor's Quay tied it up, 2-1. That was fine. They were still ahead away goals. Then Conor's Quay took the lead, 2-0. The guy lost it because he'd already booked flights and hotel to the next round in Belgrade. The remaining 11-12 minutes of the match was just swear after swear after swear <laughs> as he was just losing it with his team. And he's going, I don't believe this. I'm never going to live this down. Everyone's going to laugh at me. I I can't believe I'm going to Belgrade to watch Nomads. So he's still going now to Belgrade to watch this next leg because it's all booked and he can't cancel it. So now he's going to watch this Welsh team in the next round. (laughs) But it's still up on Facebook Check Gordon Soares, Sawers, S A W E R S is his name. You've just got to watch it. It's absolutely hilarious. Were, were you going to do that once
2: for a WFC2 game where we record us watching it or something? Yeah, yeah. Like we should still do that. We should
1: go to VMs. Now I've got this video camera. The world is our oyster. <laughs> oh, Make some sexy videos. No, 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 please. No, no, don't. Keep, keep your clothes okay, on and don't, don't shake. Anyway, now it's time for another sexy part of the show. It's PC Soccer Web headlines. <laughs> BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national, international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's well, been catching your lazy eye on the site this week, Steve. Couple of things
2: here. Uh, okay, so first of all, uh, Bolton players refusing hmm. to play preseason friendly against Chester over pay dispute. To uh, they're basically apparently they have not been paid for twenty weeks. Coaching staff and players uh, when they returned to this this preseason to find that their their training facilities have been locked up. The uh, the entered the team entered into administration back in May. Uh, a sale bro had broken down. They're still saying that there is a buyer for the club, but the deal has yet to be agreed on. Um, there was
1: one that was for the start of July, but
2: that did, that kind of fell yeah. through too. The
1: that they are in a big mess when you when you think how many years they spent in the Premiership. Yeah. It's a telling example to all these teams. Yeah, the the Premier League gets the promised land. Whilst you're there, everything's rosy. First season you get relegated. It's still semi-rosy because you you've got your windfall, parachute yeah. payment. You don't go back up. You are in severe shit and Bolton have just demonstrated that. You've seen it with Sunderland as well, got relegated again, couldn't get back up at the first attempt. Bolton did go up back to the Championship after going down to League One, then went back down to League One. It's really hard to see how they can turn this around and they've got to be favourites to get relegated again and possibly start the season with a big points deduction. Is the stadium still called the Reebok? I'm not
9: sure.
2: The Trotters. Uh, next story mm-hmm. here we got uh, Daniel Sturridge has been banned from football for two weeks. Ooh. More of a, it's more of a suspension than a banning, uh, but I guess so. Uh, for breaching betting regulations, uh, he he also got a seventy five thousand pound fine. Uh, it, it was a six week ban
1: originally. But yeah, they, they suspended for four, four
2: off. It's still suspended if he does something, he will like, be. Hey, put let's on.
1: suspend he him can, during the summer.
4: Yeah. He, he could probably make seventy five thousand pounds with a few quick bets. Yeah. yeah.
2: 9 of the 11 charges were dismissed against uh, Sturridge uh, who is now free to resume his career on the 31st of July. They basically what the issue was is that he was he got his brother inside information on a it, on a possible move of his own to Sevilla during the t- January 2018 uh transfer window. Of course he ended up switching to West Brom instead of Sevilla so essentially his, his, brother, his, his brother, brother lost the money as well so instead, in, in, in including uh, I don't know. I didn't even know you could bet on people where they transfer. I didn't realise that. In the
1: UK, you can pretty much bet on everything. Yeah. And the, the thing is, like, they're clamping down a lot on betting now. Betting was such a part of football up until I don't know when. Like, back in the day, when I'd be going to East Fife games, the, the bookies was across the road from the stadium. We'd all go in and do our Saturday coupon. We'd find the East Fife players in there. What's your Saturday coupon? Playing. What does that mean? Saturday coupon is you're basically you're betting maybe four or five results from the, the string of games for the day. So you could go for four wins or four draws or home wins or whatever. And like whole lots of permutations you could bet on. So a, a coupon is basically just like an accumulation of bets, an accumulator okay. kind of thing. But the players used to go in the betting shop. We'd see them after the game. We'd see them, the ones that weren't playing, going to put bets on. It was never really clamped down. And reminder, white caps, Two and a half thousand no twenty five hundred to one now to win the m l s cup this year, and reminder if that means if you put uh ten dollars on the white caps to win <laughs> you'll be pissing that ten dollars away. What are you even thinking of? <laughs>
2: Next story we got here from uh, French football, Uh, Marseille uh, has suspended Ramy, uh, he he was part of the World Cup team last year, for lying about attending a game show. Yes, Uh, this is bizarre. He lied to uh, the club about his whereabouts in late May, asking for a training session off so he could attend to personal concerns, but in reality he had gone to film an appearance on a French game show, Fort Boyard, where he participated in slime wrestling. Uh, a challenge despite being injured. He's been banned from taking part in pre training with the squad and is, the, and is the, and instead training on his
1: own. Fort Boyard, no one no, will really know what this is. It was actually shown on one of the UK stations for a couple of years. It's a bizarre, bizarre quiz show. Slime wrestling, though, that could be one of the things we do that pull off at half time. <laughs> Get a couple of Whitecaps players slime wrestling. Ali Adnan and Freddie Montero slime wrestling. Who would not watch that YouTube video? It, it, it's a good point.
2: The last one we got here is uh, the League's Cup, uh, which is MLS and Worst Liga MX. Oh.
1: Worst name ever.
2: Liga and MX taking you know, over. Uh, will be uh, the final will be actually played in Las Vegas on uh, September 18th at Sam Boyd Stadium. Attendance about thirty six thousand. Uh, The first round is... That's what the the stadium holds. (laughs) Uh, The first round is actually happening this week. Yes. uh, Tomorrow, in fact. Uh, First game is at uh, SeatGeek Stadium. Chicago will be taking on Cruz Azul. LA Galaxy will take on Club Tijuana uh, as well tomorrow. And the other game on Tuesday, Houston Dynamo will be taking on Club America, while Real Salt Lake will be taking on Tigris Ulanul. Yeah. I kind of feel like this is really – the MLS teams are there, but I I feel the feel, feeling the Mexican teams are just going to win, get through, and this is just the excuse for them, for Mexican clubs to play in America. Yeah,
1: and make some money.
2: Make some money, yeah. basically, having Mexican fans coming out you to think, the stadium. Steve? Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Did- I thought I, – I initially thought it was going to be MLS decide teams on one side – Mexican teams on the other side And the winners of each side Will face each other in the final That would be even more boring yeah. I know It would have been But I, that's what yeah. I assumed It would do If
1: it wasn't for the Canadian Championship We could have been there
2: Like I thought I thought it was going to be Like a Gold Cup thing Where the Gold Cup They have America on one side And Mexico And they assume That they're going to f- Face each other in the final
1: What happens What does the winner get? Money do they qualify money. for the Champions League? No there's no qualification no. Just a trophy
4: So Yeah And some a little and bit of total money
1: cup Some ribbons That's disappointing
4: Did you guys see uh, Alfonso make his, uh, Alfonso cut his summer break short. I saw that. Yeah. So usually what happens. Because he
1: wasn't originally named in the traveling squad for Bayern. No. For these US games. No, because
4: what happens is that Bayern, whenever a player plays in a summer tournament, they're, after the summer tournament, they're granted three weeks off to make sure that they get some rest in. Oh, but I think Alfonso yeah. said, No, I wanna get in there. I wanna fight for my place in the team. So he didn't play in their first friendly against uh who was it now? Oh Arsenal. Mm-hmm. They lost two one to Arsenal. And then uh, but he did get uh, some minutes at the, the Houston. Uh, in Houston against, against Real Madrid. Yeah. And he put in a couple couple good runs. Where do you play at left back or left he wing? played left wing oh. in that game? Alaba was behind
1: him. Yeah. Hmm. It was good. It was good to see him play. Like Do you think the Whitecaps players think they're on a three-week break and just no one's told them that they're not? Seems like it. I just think they're trying to get on the same page. They are. Well, who knows? By the time we come back for next week's show, maybe we'll be talking about two fantastic victories and a run in the cup. I guess before we go, you should let everyone know where we can find you online.
2: You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat.
4: For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And on this week's show, I
1: learned that Michael's delusional. <laughs> yep, you can find me at pigsflying.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer, which I really should start using and sending things out. YouTube, AFT in Canada subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff that the young kids tell you to do these days because we'll be getting some videos up pretty darn soon. Well, within the next year. And, yeah, read all our stuff on AFTN, Away From The Numbers. If you're an extra podcast subscriber, hope to have one of those coming out dropping on Tuesday night. It'll be a Whitecaps Cavalry-related one with some stuff with Tommy Fielden and hopefully a few of the, the Cavalry players as well. We will be back with next week's show. We're going to be 9 o'clock next week. We just found out tonight. So we're going to be on at the earlier time again. For the next three weeks. That's great. It seems that we're on at 9pm. Opening up the phone line. <laughs> right, we could. <laughs> Nothing else to talk about, I'm pretty sure. We're going to be just going over the same crap. It'd be great opening the phone line. Yeah, we should do that. We tried that before no one called. But we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Take care. And more on Cavalry FC.